This podcast is brought to you by High Five Tom, a proud family member of Visionaries Global Media, your number one source for podcasting entertainment. Visionaries Global Media, envisioning excellence on a global scale. And honored to be part of The following is brought to you in association with and from a proud partner of The Shining Wizards Network. Entertainment here. Revelry with Will and High Five Tom. One. What's up, High Fivers? Don't adjust your dials. High Five Tom is here, but I'm taking point for once in the lifetime of the show, over 100 episodes in. And Gary New Hampshire's own Will Mercier is here. Milwaukee Tom, Thomas Cops the second. High Five Tom, Tom the Bomb is here. But Tom, we have a special guest this week. I've tried to put it over a lot on our social medias. I don't know how well it works. I don't think people actually read the tweets because I'm convinced people don't read. But we have Nick from None of My Friends Like Comics and fuck, I'm going to fuck it up. Was it now? What, what's the music one called? What now listen to, to this. Now listen to this. Yeah. Now listen to this. <laughs> listen to me fuck this up already. Yeah, no, you're good. Nick, thank you for coming on. <laughs> thank you for having me, guys. I'm very stoked to be here. We don't, yeah, we don't have a clapping. Thing. We should probably one of these days. I'll get an actual soundboard, I guess. So yeah, <laughs> love but, the uh, generic clap. Pr- clip. Production is pr- right. Production is uh is sparse on uh on Ring of Honor revelry. <laughs> yeah, I mean it's it, it's all content driven. I mean I did the will. I don't know if you noticed, know, I actually did throw a couple more interviews in, uh, like we used to do. So I had a couple. Jay figured Ooh. with uh, the anniversary of Jay Pass or Jay Briscoe passing, I figured it's a good time to throw some some Jay Briscoes on last week's episode. So. Yes, Nick. We if are. I was a, if I was a, if I was a good co-host, I'd say yes, Tom. I went back and listened to our last episodes, and I, I appreciate the work you did. But I'm a terrible co-host, so I didn't do that. Yeah, I mean, Nick and I were talking about that earlier. Like, yeah, I don't rarely go back and, and vanity listen. I'm like, I already recorded. What the fuck do I need to listen to it for? Yeah, know? I mean, well, after after painstakingly editing things, it's like, hey, I don't, I don't need to hear this again. It's okay. Yeah, so I feel like if we were like hunting down like big sponsorship bucks, I'd be more on top of stuff like that. But we're we're not there yet. No. Maybe by twenty sixteen. Okay, we'll see. So yeah, Nick, needs... honored to have you on, my friend. I am stoked to be here, guys. Yeah, I know uh, when Will uh, sent out the old invite, I was uh, I was ready to jump into some uh, some wrestling from a promotion I've never watched before. So it should be a lot of fun. Nice, that that's absolutely for I me. Mean, yeah, because basically, I mean, the general gist of the show is, you know, um, like your show. Like I said, if this is your first episode of Ring of Honor, would you keep watching? Because um, initially, I almost, uh, um, I was also on a wrestling uh, for gosh, 12, 15 years. Um, but I almost go back into Ring of Honor in two thousand twelve. So that's why we kind of started the podcast then, and TV started. So that's a little background on the podcast. So very cool. Yeah. So. Um, but yeah, I know we talked about pre-production, but Will, so how did you, uh, how did you find Nick and his uh, all of his podcasts and stuff? 
Um, yeah, I was just saying, so how did you uh, how did you find Nick's uh, Nick's podcast? I think as we were talking in, in pre-production, I'm pretty sure followed me first. I believe, I, yeah, I, I, th- I think you probably back right. and started listening to episodes. And then, so I would, I would, I listened to like the most recent stuff, and I would go back through and like cherry pick older episodes. Um, there's a lot I haven't listened to yet. Like I still haven't listened to all the the Watchmania. <laughs> oh god, I, yeah, I that... to go back through and listen to those. <laughs> that one turns uh, into Watch I, Madness I, by the I, end. I, I, I scrolled all the way back to like episode one, and I just I've been kind of cherry picking old ones, keeping up with the new ones. Well, that's very and, cool, uh, man. Yeah, I mean that's that's kind of the uh, the good thing about the none of my friends like comics. At least is just the fact that like it is kind of one of those shows that I I kind of prided on being something that you can cherry pick and go back because the the you know the selection I like to keep it diverse so you know people could kind of just get whatever array or if they read something and become inspired they can uh, listen to us talk about it you know. What's what? Yeah, it definitely heard stuff and. Like I don't know a lot of Mark Millar stuff. I read <laughs> Night yeah. Society or right the Night Society. That's the vampire one he put out last year. Oh, the Nightclub. Yeah, yeah. The Nightclub. I always I I called it the Arizona Ice Tea of comics because they're all ninety nine cents like on the cover. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. He was he was really marketing I'm that here art. for it. <laughs> um, so like, I hadn't read like I'd seen the Kick Ass movie. But I didn't know that was like a Mark Millar thing mm-hmm. and stuff like that. So to go back, it's like, oh, like they've reviewed almost all of Mark Millar's stuff, like at least the big ones. <laughs> we did a lot of stuff. And cl- yeah, we tried to. Um, I I don't know. I have a I have a history with the book uh, Wanted. So like I kind of wanted to structure something around because some of the newer stuff he was doing is kind of a weird tangential sequel to that. So like. I, we kind of ended up kind of on accident doing a bunch of buildup to, to the Mark Millar stuff, but, uh, but it, it was fun. It was fun. It was an interesting conversation at least uh, too bad. He's a bit of a chud, but you know, that's all right. <laughs> yeah. He, he like... said some questionable things. <laughs> he said some question. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and it happened of course, right when we were like pushing a bunch of his episodes at the same time. And I was like, well, all right, fuck me, I guess, but you know, whatever. <laughs> Yeah, you never know. You never know what's going to happen. Exactly. (laughs) I try to. I try to make every wrong turn I can with my shows. You know, so it's okay. Yeah, I mean, you know, sometimes you got to separate the art from the artist. You know, obviously. Oh, very true. You know, I uh, I listen. I'm I'm new to this, and I'm uh, I'm pretty big on Alan Moore, but he's kind of a nut job too. So (laughs) he's a nut job I love, though. So that's okay. Yeah, <laughs> he's one of those. It's one of those things where he says something like he's kind of being an asshole, but you know he's not wrong. Yeah, yeah, I find myself in that camp a lot as well. Yeah, <laughs> it's like you can't be mad. <laughs> it's like, should he have said it? Probably not. But do I agree? Maybe a little. I don't know. But that that was one of my favorite episodes, by the way. There, um, when he did uh, the man who has everything. Yeah, yeah, that was a that was an unexpectedly kind of downer one. <laughs> Mondo. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's he's the best, man. <laughs> oh well, I'm glad though that you, that you like, reached out and it's like I hadn't I hadn't read it, but I saw the the Justice League episode. I've been like, I know this. 
Oh yeah, yeah, that's a that's that's a good one too. Yeah. <laughs> oh, but yeah, no, well, I'm glad that uh, you reached out and uh, and and found me, and now we're uh, we're we're hooking up, doing some episodes and stuff. It's uh, it's gonna be a good time, man. Yeah, hopefully the the, the first of many. Yeah, like I said, uh, I was I, I've you know still spitballing ideas and whatnot, but I definitely uh, some one of these days got to get you guys on, and uh, we'll do we'll do a book. Uh, I've, so far, I mean, like, do a power bomb seems like the obvious choice, you know, because <laughs> it's like a good book. <laughs> but I was also thinking well, about also, like, uh, <laughs> I, I I pushed Tom to buy that book really bad. That's not because yeah. you bought that one on. I've I've sent Tom a lot of books. But that's one that I I kind of kept pushing him, and he bought on his own. <laughs> that's awesome. You that enjoyed was it. My, getting uh, every cover of do a power bomb, and then I got the trade paperback, and I'm like. I'm I every now and then I'll see a posting for like one of the international black and white hardcovers and I'm like do I spend eighty dollars on a book that I can't actually read? I really wanna. I really wanna. <laughs> Hard to justify sometimes, that's for sure. Yeah, and that was a funny one too, because I it ordered from or from the bookstore and I remember well it took like two months, remember? Because they found it right away, but then yeah. they- like it, was, it ran out of print and blah 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 and because i went pretty i mean probably within a couple of weeks before that original pressing but i got it eventually uh the wife read it in one sitting she loved it i loved it i was actually kind of shocked at the twist uh we'll, we'll you know we'll save that for content for for nick's show someday um yeah i really i really enjoyed it and like so bill's kind of got me into it i mean um you know will and i talked about doing a, a review of killing joke speaking of alan moore yeah yeah, which I got for Christmas. So, have you ever read it? I have not. So it, it's oh. in my to be read list right now. It's actually it's in the second milk crate, so it's moving its way up on the on the to be read list. So, very nice. Well, I, I hope you thoroughly enjoy it. It's a great story. Yeah, I, I always pat myself on the back because my the comic shop I go to doesn't keep a lot of like new stuff. Like they don't bring in a lot of stuff. Um because they don't have the space or really like the foot traffic to bring in like a ton of material and just have it sit around. But after they were bringing in do a power bomb for me, they started keeping it on the shelves. Like, Hey, you know, this one's selling a lot. So there's a lot of stuff now that like, if I go in and I like ask for it, it winds up on the shelves now. So I'm like, look at me go trendsetter. <laughs> there we go. Yeah. There's Except some- not not everything, you know. There's some some AWA stuff and some boom stuff that I ordered. He's like, nobody else reads this. Where yeah. do you find this? <laughs> it's always got to be that one book that you get that they're just like, what the fuck is this? Yeah, because uh, my comic book shop, yeah, they hadn't really heard of Daniel, Daniel Warner Johnson, so they kind of started looking into it. So I know he's ordering some more stuff. So yeah, he's a there's, he's, there's no bad choices. That's true. Yeah, yeah. He even he's the only one who ever created a comic uh uh thematically sort of about uh metal music that I thought wasn't the worst thing I've ever read. So that's nice. It was so good. <laughs> Murder Falcon was so good. It is great stuff. It really is. Yes. Yeah, I got to pick that's, that up. That's that's another one where the 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 twist the the twist if you will yeah. is like damn, you caught me off guard. And then there was a goofy one shot that came out last year that Sumerian Press put out. I'm like, oh, this is just Murder Falcon in a one shot and not nearly as good and without yeah. any of like 
the heartfelt stuff. Like they just made like a goofy metal comic. And it's like as much as I can appreciate this, I can't read this and not be like, you know, people should read Murder Falcon instead. Yeah, yeah, no, I totally, I, I, I totally know what you mean. <laughs> and he's got so I've read a lot of his stuff. I'm excited for Space Mullet to come out this year through Image. They're putting out a uh, a collected Space Mullet. I'm excited for that artist edition of uh, Extremity. It's going to Kickstarter in March. So yeah, that's going to be rad. And I've got um, the book he drew. He didn't write, but the one he did for uh, Danny Coates. Kate's. Uh, I'm blanking on the title. It's the uh, Beta Ray Bill. No, but that was that was amazing. Beta Ray Bill was Argent Star was amazing. No, what the yeah. hell was it called? I just. I feel, see, if I took notes and it was actually like a good co- host, I would have all this shit like ready to go. <laughs> it's something like I forgot about it. And then I was just looking up Daniel Warren Johnson stuff. And it's like, oh, yeah, I didn't pick that one up yet. Well, that's going to annoy me. But uh, <laughs> Nick, what a, are you, are you, keep, what a, what's a, what's a couple series that you're, you're reading now that's kind of coming out now that you're digging? Oh man, I, I gotta say, I'm actually like kind of in the process of catching up on a bunch of stuff right now. Um, I mean, obviously, like Hickman had, you know, the Ultimate Spider-Man and Gods coming out through Marvel right now, which I'm thoroughly enjoying. Um, I, I mean, I buy anything that he does, so it's like, <laughs> so that's like a given that I'm gonna love that. But um, uh, actually, there's a uh, there's an indie book that's kind of been like taking the the scene by storm a little bit. Um, it's only a couple issues in, but it's called uh, Beneath the Trees Where Nobody Sees. Uh, so the, good. Yeah, I'm really, really liking that a lot. It was a big surprise for me because I just thought the cover was cool, so I picked up the first issue, and uh, it's been a delight. And it was, it was very nice. I, I love that. Like, you know, every now and then you get a book like that. People like are actually courteous of, like, even online and whatnot, and they're like, "Hey, like, read this. Don't read anything about it beforehand. Just check it out." And I'm so glad that I did because it's great. <laughs> I, I found that one through Brad and Lisa. They had the yeah. Because they do that. I'm like, I need to stop spending money. Like, we have an interview with this creator. It's like, well, son of, I guess I'm going to go buy that now. I guess I'm, I guess I'm going to go put that in my pull box now. But, exactly. uh, Ghost Fleet. Ghost Fleet is the one. Uh, Donnie Cates and Dan Warren Johnson on art. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I forgot about that book. I do too. And it's sitting right next to my chair. And I keep forgetting about it. And I look over and say, oh, yeah, I got that. It's been a while since I've read a, a Kate's book just because he's kind of been uh, in, in a recovery state, so he hasn't been putting that's, out uh, That's stuff. what I've heard. He's He's been a bit aloof because Redneck was one of the books, one of the first comics I started buying. I that's, kind of that, fell off the wagon pretty early on. Yeah. Because I, I was just waiting for my car to get worked on, and I, it was in a, I was having it was at a Sears in a mall. So I walked over to the Newberry Comics, and there was a bunch of it was some like special comic book day thing. But it was also like a bunch of stuff had started. So I picked up a mini series called Plastic. I read that start to finish. That was a, a, a Skybound, I believe. Nice. Redneck had just started, so I got like issue one of that. Um, and I'm bummed I didn't get the rest of it because I haven't found a collection. But there was a mini, it was only four issues called Loose Ends that I really liked issue one, but I didn't really like buy comics or anything really to start with. So I, I, didn't keep up with it yeah it takes some uh <laughs> to to get used to how to do it and whatnot and just kind of get your way in can prove to be a difficult task sometimes unfortunately 
Yeah, like the first series, like I went like, I gotta get all of them was um, a series called Destroyer by Victor Laval because I really like Victor Laval's novels. So he it was he, it's like a a modern day Frankenstein story. I've uh, I've heard of that actually, but I haven't actually checked it out yet. Um, uh, Victor Laval, like um, I uh, I enjoyed some of his more recent stuff that he did on the X Men line with Marvel and whatnot too. Uh, I really wanted to like his Sabretooth stuff, but I got thrown off because I didn't realize how much other stuff I'd have to read to really keep up with like what's going on. X Men is like, I can't commit to all this. Like I wanted to commit to the Sabretooth run. Yeah, but it's <laughs> it's just else. it's just bombarded with continuity. Yeah, <laughs> but Destroyer, uh, Eve, and then Eve, Children of the Moon, which I didn't even know was out. I was in Midtown. We took a trip to New York, and she's like. I don't think you have this cover. I'm like, I think this is a new series because I don't have this cover. Because that's another one where I got all the, all the variant covers. Rad for Eve. So Eve, Children of the Moon. I'm still very. It's just it was a financial thing. Like I can't keep up with all the variants. Yeah, yeah. No, sometimes they make too many. Especially with uh, <laughs> not knowing the series was even out. I mean, like it was like God. Because I think I was saw I did see issue one, but at that point, like there's so many variants that were like going for like crazy prices online. So I'm like, I can't, I can't right now. Oh man, you know what? Actually, I'm sorry, I don't mean to sidetrack so much about comics right off the bat, but uh, <laughs> but um, this is what we do on the show. Hey, that's okay. That's okay. Hey, it's it. But um, you know, I was just gonna say, um, uh, you're into like, uh, kind of like some supernatural uh, horror type stuff. Um, one book series that is actually currently coming out, but it's actually the third mini in like a trilogy, uh, is, uh, this book, um, it's through Boom Studios, but it's called Abbott. And, uh, it's a solid in a med book who I'm a big fan of. And, uh, it's the third and final, uh, volume coming out right now. And they're just named like Abbott. And then I think the second one was like Abbott 19, like 79. And then this one's like 82 or something like that. And, uh, but it's, um, it's basically like a supernatural kind of, almost Constantine-esque story, but it's about a, um, uh, a black woman who's a reporter in Detroit in the seventies. And so there's a lot of like cool social commentary stuff in there. And like, and it's, uh, it's very, very cool. I'm kind of mad that I didn't know about this already, but, uh, you and I have a lot of similar tastes. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I slowly realized that. So <laughs> I'm, uh, I'm here for it. It's Supernatural good stuff, horror, man. you say, from Boom Studios. It's yeah. already in my car, but tell me the name of it. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's good stuff, man. It's like I I don't keep up. I keep up with something is killing the children, but I I trade weight for all of them because I'm like I can't get into this. Like I I started by buying like the five trade paperbacks that were out. I'm like, oh, yeah. let's wait for the next one. Just wait for the next one. Just wait for the next one. Yeah, some series. You know, I'm always do that, like, all oh, those cover those covers look good. It's like I really want that cover, but nope, one trade weight. We're gonna wait. Yeah. yeah, it's pretty hard to go back and find those issues for like a good price now, at least those early ones. Yeah, it was was who was I listening to? I think it was uh comic book keepers, another fun comic book podcast. They're talking about how one of the hosts had a something's killing the children number one, I think slabbed. And he ended up selling it, and then it was like before it blew up. But I mean, he still got a great oh, money geez. before. But now it's like that would go for so much. 
It did. Yeah. Yeah. Those issues definitely shot up, especially after the announcement of like, there might be like a series and stuff like that. So, I mean, it's a, uh, it's one of those things, you know, speculation market going wild on it for, oh, for a while. Right. <laughs> I'll hold, I'm, I'm holding my breath on the TV show. Scott Snyder's witches was also supposed to be made into a series and I'm waiting to see that come to fruition too. So <laughs> yeah, we'll, we'll see. We'll see. Hey, at least we always got the book, right? So <laughs> we got the book takes place <laughs> yeah. in New Hampshire. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. <laughs> I forgot that book takes place in New Hampshire. I haven't read it in a few years, but that's a. That's... I mean, there, there's nothing about it that requires it to be in New Hampshire. It really could be anywhere. Yeah, <laughs> it's just where he picked. <laughs> it's kind of like the autumnal. Like it just like it could just be like any New England like town where it's like rich old people in the fall and there's leaves. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's not like local man, which has to be. I read every character in Tom's voice. <laughs> because they're in, they're supposed to be in like Wisconsin, so men, awesome. women, children, the dog. It's, I just read them all as Tom. <laughs> it's a great time. That's probably my favorite book that came out last year. And then yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm so ex I'm bummed the second arc is ending, but at the same time, I, I really want to read it because issue eight was amazing. Yeah, it's kind of on a slower release schedule, isn't it? A little bit. So like they, there was the first six issues, and then a couple months later they put out uh, Local Man Gold, which was kind of like an image annual kind of thing. Oh, cool! Where they cool. had a bunch of uh, like Love Everlasting was like part of it, and like some other image series were like kind of played into it. And then it started the second arc a couple months after that, but it was only issues six through nine, and that's they're saying that's the end of the second arc. So it's like, oh. Ah, okay. Yeah, yeah. They, yeah and then they'll take a, a couple but, months break I mean, when and you're, hopefully get another When you're arc. pretty much doing... I mean, Tim Steele is a busy, a busy guy. Yes, he is. Tom Seeley? Tom Seeley. Tim Seeley? Right, Tom. Yeah, Tim Seeley. It is Tim, okay. Yeah. I'm, yeah, I'm yeah. friends with somebody in real life whose name is also Tim Seeley, so whenever I say that, I'm like, that can't be right. Yeah. <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> but I love the, the comic like on the opposite side that gives you like the backstory where it's like nineties image style comic. It's the, what they did with issue eight was, I don't know if you're reading that one, but uh, really, really good stuff. Local man. It's been on my radar. I haven't checked it out yet though, but I've heard enough good stuff that I'm, I'm definitely going to at this point. It's just so funny. Cause there's just stuff they do with it. That's it's not necessarily trying to be funny, but, it's the idea of like a a superhero who can't use his superhero name because he doesn't own a superhero name. So that's why everybody just calls him like local man because they'll be like, "Hey, you're Crossjack." He's like, "I can't use that name, so don't call me that." <laughs> that's funny. It's like I don't own that name. Is that oh, yeah, this is a blast. Is that just doing like Captain Jeff or is it like a specific city in Wisconsin? Do you remember? I'm pretty sure it's specifically in like Milwaukee. Okay. Again, I don't they, they don't really point out like any like real life businesses or anything that would be like, ah uh, yes, Milwaukee. There's lots I'd have to go back and reread it. And trust me, I would not be upset <laughs> about going back to reread. <laughs> I just got a filing cabinet to start really having my single issues organized and I'm just in various stacks on like my bookshelf and around the living room. Ooh, that's the so, dream filing cabinet. 
what did I say? Right? I've got it for free off the Facebook Marketplace. Oh hell yeah, that's it, it's even kind better. Of hideous because it's it's like it's it's white and it's old, so the white is starting to go in some places. It's like that oh, was yeah. free. Hey, you could, I mean, having shit, you can always, I guess, just like spray paint it or something. I mean, whatever. <laughs> I don't know. I don't care about that much. I'm, like I said, I just, Brittany got me a really nice, like, portfolio thing to keep them in. Yeah. And that filled up really quick. <laughs> yeah. So I need something bigger. It's like I can get more boxes. I'm like, or I can just bite the bullet and just get, like, a small filing cabinet. Been there, been there many a time. <laughs> I got that, and I just signed up for the CL. I think it's CLZ, the the comic app where you can like log all the comics and stuff you have. Yeah, very helpful tool. And it's everybody I've talked to said that's the way to go because it also has like a connection to like a marketplace, so it'll tell you like what your like kind of like Discogs does. It'll tell you like what your collection's worth and like what your valuable shit is. Yeah, it's all just like a it's a nice uh, central hub for like anything that you could possibly need to do with logging and or trying to sell or buy books. It's a, it's a, it's a nice tool. What's it called? CLZ. Uh, CLZ. Hmm. Like, do you like review? Or you can get it on your, get it on your app store. Well, my phone's from like 1985. So I have to wait till I upgrade my phone. First, so. Yeah. Interesting. So everybody that, says it's worth. Everybody says it's it's twenty bucks a year. So, and can you like? Because I mean, it's it's a boon for me too. Because my shop doesn't like. I don't get stuff necessarily the week it comes out. So it's also going to help me keep track of like what issues do I still need like. Do I keep waiting on these issues? Do I order them from like Midtown when they're having a sale? <laughs> yeah, it's definitely helpful for stuff like that. Hey, do you like where, uh, write like reviews or do do they have people review? Ah, uh, no. I I mean, like, uh, I I I I like writing and things of that nature, but um, uh, I don't really I don't really do written reviews. Um, I used to do it on the Patreon page actually for a while. Like, it was just kind of like a thing where I would talk about like my favorite like handful of books from each week and then uh it just became like something that like um i don't know i just uh it just i put too maybe maybe a little too much thought into it because it was just taking me too long and to the point where uh i don't know just didn't have a a great uh reaction so i was just like hey you know i'll just uh just, just put this on the back burner for now but um i mean i, I mean shit i mean i get the episodes that we do are are sort of like reviews anyway so <laughs> like super in-depth reviews so uh, you know, I get I get it out that way, I guess now. Yeah, that's awesome. Well, Will, um, rumor has it we had a couple of questions of dishonor, uh, this week on the Twitter machine. Do we have to talk about wrestling this week? I'm kind of having fun not talking about wrestling, but <laughs> this Nick, this also is normal. We'll we'll talk for about something else, like for an hour. It's like, oh yeah, I guess we should talk about. The, the whole reason that we're, we're sitting here. <laughs> Fair enough. Yeah. So I'm, I, I don't want to bust our, our, our pal from across the pond. You at UTT Rob for, uh, for not reading the new pin tweet where I asked for the question of dishonor on that tweet. Cause he commented on our friend SJ's post instead about our last episode. Cause she's our unofficial social media guru because she posts about our show more than we do 
<laughs> but he wanted to know hijacking tweet. Oh my goodness, I'm so bad at this. The whole point of doing this was so everything would be neater and easier to find. So Rob wants to know, with all the total recall chat on episode 109, what 2014 roster member would have a quado, and which Ring of Honor 2014 roster member would be the quado? <laughs> I like that question. Rob, Rob asked some great questions. <laughs> Off the wall. All right. There was a question once where he asked us who would be the fire marshal. Yeah, right. uh, we've had questions like who, what, uh, what Ring of Honor wrestler would you buy a uh, a loaded baked potato, or they call it a cross bonded jacket potato? We had to look it up. <laughs> so, so Tom, you don't Quado. That's the guy. He's got like the. Like the growth, the, on him. the growth guy, <laughs> like under his shirt or whatever. That's funny. Yeah, it says, "Who is the stomach guy?" <laughs> All right. Um, who would have a quado? I mean, it, it, it kind of writes itself, but it's totally got to be Michael Elgin. Um, I'm gonna go Michael Elgin is the Quado or has the Quado? Has the Quado. He's I mean, a big, burly dude. I mean, it makes sense. And Jimmy Jacobs is often an answer in this, on this podcast, but I'm going to say Truth Martini is the Quado. Michael Elgin. Truth, Truth Martini has big Quado vibes. Yeah. I need to rewatch. I haven't watched yeah, or recall forever. Was there a uh, was was there a Quado in the uh, the remake, the Colin Farrell one? I didn't think so. I was actually looking that up right now. <laughs> I don't remember there being one. I've only seen like part of that movie. Not good. Was Total Recall 2012 a flop? Yes. Yes. <laughs> Indeed it was. <laughs> However, it grossed $211 million. Jesus fucking Christ. <laughs> okay, 2012. Um, no, that, that, uh, that probably almost paid Colin Farrell's expenses. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't think it's in 2012. Um, yeah, I think that was the big red because he wasn't in the movie. So, um, Will, what do you got? I mean, as it would feel pretty easy to say that truth martini would be the quado to matt taven because that's he's that's going to be like a case of the clap you just can't get rid of <laughs> i i think the idea of to, to shoehorn in another fan favorite a mark briscoe if jay briscoe had to walk around with mark briscoe like a quado on like his back or something like jay i'll get him 
Turn around, I'll get him. That is crazy. Uh, Nick, obviously, I, I know you're new to Ring of Honor. Did you want to? Do you want to take a swipe at this one at all? Or so, I don't. I don't know who would uh, for the Quado. I think that from what I've seen, at least, uh, I I think Jimmy Jacobs was the first one to come to mind. <laughs> but, but uh, but yeah, as far as uh, as far as like the uh, the guy, I don't. I don't know. I don't know. Maybe maybe Hanson. Oh yeah, he, he's a he is a big fella. Yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, it, it just to clear it up too. That's Ivar, right? Yep. Yes. The, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I, I I was like I was like that's fucking him. That's got to be him. I was like okay, but I I tried not you, to look anything your, up. Your your Viking Raiders or whatever they are called or were yeah. featured prominently on a uh, wrestling's finest. Yeah. Yes, they were. Yeah. I um. Yeah. No. I. I like I said. I. I. I guess I didn't say it until uh, on the air at least but um uh, I, I tried not to look anything up preemptively because i'm the type of person who uh when i do get into something or watch something i do like to know everything about it and i'm googling shit and figuring it out but uh i, I really resisted that this time around just so that uh, we could have a, a bit of a better conversation <laughs> okay yeah so yeah so um yeah so rose eric okay that's what it is so Oh, I miss War Machine, but we'll get into that a little bit. So, uh, but obviously, thank you uh, to UTT Rob. Make sure everyone is following uh, Rob on the Twitter machine. Um, I know they're working on some new content and everything, and uh, they're always good. Um, yeah, so Nick, if you ever get a chance to follow uh, on the Twitter machine, Untanking the Territory, uh, they have their daily tank facts uh, in the workshop of Tank Abbott, the old MMA fighter slash WCW. So. That's a great follow. So if we get a chance, those guys are fucking hilarious. So awesome, yeah. They're they're hilarious. They're a great follow. Tank Abbott again, kind of a questionable person. <laughs> yeah, not the best guy. <laughs> yeah, I mean that was kind of, kind of the gimmick. So, um, and then uh, uh, not not an not an official question, but uh, Eric Freed says, "But what if all my questions are about the hoopla professor Truth Martini?" Uh, one, he obviously is not up on his 2014 Ring of Honor. Because, you know, there's no more hoopla. But also, I mean, if you ask a question, Eric, you know, we, we answer it anyway. You know, ask away. We, we answer anything. It doesn't even have to be wrestling related. <laughs> it's probably better that it's not. <laughs> Sometimes, yeah, for sure. <laughs> oh, we, have, we haven't broached the real question. Nick, uh, what's your opinion on Olives? Oh, that's right. We haven't asked this in a while. On olives? Yeah. On olives. This really hinges on whether this podcast will continue or not. I mean, I'm a I'm oh, not a geez, I, I'm not it. a big olive guy. <laughs> Definitely Hell not a big olive yeah. guy. Yeah. <laughs> Shut up, Will. Yeah, we have, we have I think we've had like one or two people on the last like two years. I've been like, yeah, olives are great. <laughs> <laughs> olives are the best. <laughs> My son loves olives. <laughs> so, I I have I have respect for the olives, but they're not my favorite. If they're on a dish, I won't pick them off or anything. But I'm not going out of my way to get olives. It's one of those things I kind of like the uh, flavor of more than eating the actual thing. Yeah, I get that. Yeah, I don't know why. Tom, it's gone <laughs> to the point where Tom's like, you use olive oil when you cook. How can you say you don't like olives? Like, olive oil is different than eating a handful of olives. Yeah, yeah. It's a, it's a different thing. Yeah. 
I'm the same way with uh, cherries, except for I, I really hate cherries, but I like I don't mind cherry flavoring. <laughs> I get, they're, they're kind of a pain in the they're kind of a pain in the ass to eat. Yeah, I don't know. I just did Any, anything anything it. with a pit like that just says it's it's kind of a nuisance. Yeah, I don't know. I just it just it just doesn't do anything for me. I don't know. Yeah, pit cherries are kind of a pain in the butt, but I mean you got Marciano cherries, I mean on top of a Sunday. Yeah. <laughs> a kitty cocktail. All right. Well, we'll continue with the podcast, even with all the slander of olives. So, <laughs> Whew, made it past yeah. that test. All right. <laughs> it's all right. Tom. Tom just assumes that he's gonna he's gonna take the L on that question, just because the, the 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 batting average on people saying yes to olives is so low. Yeah. Tom yeah. is probably holding his breath. He's like, maybe, maybe. <laughs> oh. Did we get one from SJ this week? SJ did come up with one. And unofficial social media guru soon to be official. Once we hand out the I mean, we might as well we might as well make it official and like I don't know, send her a, a couple bucks every month. Just, she posts about our show way more than we do. It is a problem. We appreciate you, SJ, but it is a <laughs> this is a hot dog and a handshake deal. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, SJ wants to know if Ring of Honor was doing a King of the Ring show, what two wrestlers would you have go against each other and who would the winner be? Interesting. Now we're assuming 2000. Doesn't, I would say it does not specify 2014. I'm going to try and keep it 2014. I think we'll. Uh, I mean, obviously, with the, the top prospect tournament going on, so you want to book a four. Yeah, but if, if we're if we're if we're pulling from like established names, you know, I'll 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 pull a, a fast one on you. The 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 first part of this isn't a fast one. It's going to be Kevin Steen because Kevin Steen's answered everything, but. uh I'll pick Michael Elgin as a throwback to my my favorite match from 2013, 12, whatever year that was. El, Elgin and Steen. Yeah. We finally actually let Steven, you know, um, Steen wrestle. So are they, so they're both in the tournament? That That's my final two. Because she she's just asking she's just asking who the final two would be and who would the winner be. Kevin Steen wins that, right? Oh, absolutely! Oh. Fuck Michael Elgin. <laughs> Featured very prominently in this episode. Um, I don't know. I'm going to have Mark and Jay in the finals. And for uh, for the and I think Mark's gonna go over, so Mark's gonna be your new king of the ring, Mr. the Sussex County Chicken himself. Nice, give him a, a nice singles win. He doesn't get a whole lot of those. Like he he wins matches, but like like not like a prominent like here's a title singles win. So that I, I'm down with that. Uh, that would put butts in seats. Yeah. So uh, make sure you are following SJ recently on Nattering with E. 
Uh, so it sounds like uh, SK is is dipping her toes back in the podcast game. So uh, make sure you're following her at Carnival of Chaos. But I do have a quick programming note. Um, last week's question uh, in regards to the brother uh, brother tag teams in wrestling, Will. Will, we had a rather big omission that I can't believe that we forgot. Uh, so shout out to friend of the show, my good friend Josh. Um, you can follow him over at Showtime34 on the Twitter machine. Um, but obviously we've got Bray Wyatt and Bo Dallas. Um, not really in my wheelhouse. I was kind of out of wrestling when Bray was really popular and you can't forget their brothers. But the big one we forgot, Will, Brett and Ellen Hart. Yeah. I feel a little stupid comparing Brett Hart. Wait. We, we we missed we missed a few you know what it's listen we we put a, a whole five seconds of prep time into these episodes these people expect too much well, there's a lot of uh there's a lot of siblings in wrestling too so I mean you know yeah and like the more and more I thought about the question I'm like there's more than you think it seems pretty prominent right in the in in the moment we were kind of like sweating over it. it's like I was like, I'm drawing a blank. I'm drawing a blank. I'm drawing a blank. And everybody's like, "Oh, you didn't say this." Oh, you didn't. It's like, no, we didn't. Yeah, you're right. We didn't. Yeah. So, Josh, I told you I'd shout you out. I, sorry, I forgot the Hart brothers. Um, it happens. You know, I'm a little slow on the uptake. So, uh, but Will, don't we have uh, one more question of dishonor? Oh. I hope that came through. I was trying to be mindful of the volume because I didn't want to blow next year's out with uh, with my from cell phone sound effects. Hey, I, I've been going to metal shows my whole life. It's okay. My ears are fucked. Fair enough. <laughs> yeah, it's... Uh... Heard that. <laughs> what? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was too stubborn. I'm like, earplugs? Fuck your earplugs, bud. Yeah, yeah. Whenever I go to work after a show, I, I go around and I'm like, listen, if I don't respond to you, it's okay. not because I'm being an asshole. I probably can't hear you. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I've been there many a time. Yeah. It's really. not even just metal shows at this point. It's just like, I can't hear for shit. It's all yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I don't. Yeah, Will, if you remember after my last show too, it said, "Yeah, I couldn't even fucking talk for a week." The podcast in that week was very, very interesting. I thought it wasn't in the call center. I would have been fucked. But Brandon's question of dishonor, uh, question of dishonor this week, gentlemen. If you were to get a cat and dog and were to name them after Ring of Honor wrestlers, what would the name be? What would the name be? Excited to hear the answer after fast forwarding through the rest of the show. <laughs> Made it easy for you this time, Brendan. You didn't have to go three hours in. Nope, nope, yeah. So, and uh, Brendan's answer is for a dog, I call him Samoa Eyed Dog. And, uh, or, uh, it's a, a Samoyed. So instead of Samoa Joe, it'd be Samoyed Joe. Samoyed. <laughs> and Low Kitty. I didn't get that at first. You didn't. How did you not get that? I, I, I'm still. Come on, Tom. Jesus. <laughs> yeah. So there, Nick. There's a wrestler again. Great wrestler. Huge asshole. Uh, his name's Low Key. Uh huh. And he was a uh, very prominent 
in uh, the early, early Ring of Honor, like back when they started, like two thousand two. Okay. So we went with Lowell Kid. Now, now he wrestles in a suit, right? He wrestles in like a shirt and like a dress tie, and he's still an asshole. Oh wow! <laughs> Very intense. He's 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 a scary dude. <laughs> yeah, like I, yeah, I've never. I don't think I've ever even heard of him before. Yeah, I mean, if you get a chance to look him up, it's just L O and then space K I. Um, yeah, I mean, I can't fight my way out of a woodpecker bag, but yeah, he would definitely, you know, beat the snot out of me about eight seconds. So, jeez, yeah, oh yeah, De- definitely one of those guys that you can tell he he would wreck someone like in an actual fight. Yeah, jeez, yeah, he basically dresses like Cato from the Blue Hornet, so or the Green Hornet. Oh, jeez. <laughs> That's a cool outfit, though. Yeah. <laughs> um, and it's funny because actually our cat Chico is named after Bravo, uh, Chavo Guerrero Jr. Um, so KGG of the Shining Wizards probably doesn't like my cat. But uh, Nick, as we Rick. told you, uh, I know obviously <laughs> your um, Ring of Honor knowledge is a little limited. Did you have any by any chance? Well, I, I when I was just thinking of pet names, because I mean, like my I have I have a lot of cats. And uh, they all have uh, names based on things that I like for the most part. Fuck yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> but um, uh, I was thinking about like, well, what would be a good name? Because I, I, I tend to have a decent uh, uh, ear for just good pet names. But I'm, uh, I always thought that uh, Prince Nana would be a good name for a dog or a cat. <laughs> but, right. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, I don't know. I'm, uh, other than that, I mean, like I, I like Cedric Alexander quite a bit. So I would probably name a cat Cedric. I think that'd be fine. Nice. You saw two very good Cedric Alexander matches this week too, by the way. But we'll get into yeah, that. yeah. I was I was stoked to see him. Yeah, uh, you're a big fan of Cedric Alexander on this show. So, Will, do you have any? As I am stalling for time because I can't think of any. I mean, I didn't have anything good. Like Brendan's were good. Like Brendan, I was trying to come up with something like punny and like funny. Yeah, I was gonna say I didn't know we were doing puns, but yeah. my <laughs> oh, pun, puns are puns are always welcome. Yeah. <laughs> I, uh, so everything I thought of, it's I couldn't come up with anything. So it's like I would probably go the route where I would get like a pair of them and I would name it like the first and the last name. So I'd be like, they're Cedric and Alexander, Caprice yeah, that's and good. Coleman. That's good. I mean, you guys. Not I mean, sure. Tom's got a leg up. Tom's got a leg up on us. He already has a cat named after a, a pro wrestler. So yeah. <laughs> that was, I mean, that, that was the wife's idea too. So he's a big fan of Lucha Underground. So we're gonna run into Chavo one of these days. We're gonna have him sign him a, a picture of our cat. But why can't we think of anything? You, you let me know how that goes. <laughs> yeah. Well, there's a, there's another Chico Suave here at Wrestle. Um, First name is Chico Suave, wrestles uh, in the Chicago area, but uh, came through good friends with, so maybe we'll have him sign it. But I mean, Cedric and Alexander is really tough and tough to beat. They're just getting those are good pet names. Yeah. Right? It's just two. That man was blessed with two solid names. Yeah. <laughs> was lucky enough to see him earlier this month, too. It was cool. Really? Yeah, he did the uh, the dark match before the SmackDown taping. Oh shit! Yeah, it was him and uh, some newer guy who I think is like an Olympian, um, uh, uh, Gable Stevenson. Oh really? 
Yeah, yeah. They they had a match beforehand, and uh, it was it was really cool. It was good. Cedric's the man, dude. So hopefully, hopefully they get some TV time or let him go. Yeah, something. Those Dragon Lee matches he did like at the past few months were really awesome. But like, that's all I've seen of him, unfortunately. Yeah. Um. Yeah, because now with Mustafa Ali being let go, obviously he's showing he's just tearing up the indies. So, Brendan, I have to get back to you. I'll probably think it's something like two o'clock in the morning, and I'll maybe I'll do a little re-recording again. No. I'm drawing a blank right now, so I for some reason I want to name my dog Nigel. I mean, that would but it's not very punny or anything. So, I, mean, I can't breed Prince Nana, Lil Kitty, or Cedric and Alexander. So, so Brendan, we'll get back to you. Uh, but thank you everybody for your questions of dishonor. I'll uh, make sure you are are following the social medias for future ones. Uh, make sure you're following Brundin. My 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 goal is to have a different pin tweet every week. Because prior to this, Nick, I just had like a master pin tweet, but it wouldn't save, like it wouldn't show us all the comments like in order. Oh yeah, yeah. So you jump around, it's like, oh, this one is from like, it's like. Tom's like, did you see this one? I'm like, no. And I'm like scrolling down through. I'm like, where the hell is it? Yeah. And it was going to be like over 50 things on there. I'm like, we got to like do something else. This is <laughs> not working. I suck at Twitter. So, uh, but yeah, thank you, everybody. Make sure you're following the Irish Misfit on the Twitter machine. Uh, obviously, the links are below. Um, but, gentlemen, we've got some Ring of Honor TV and a wrestling event to go over. Um, Nick, obviously, before we get started and everything, what uh, what were your listen? Kind of, uh, you want to give everyone a little bit of history here with uh, with the wrestles for you? Yeah, of course. Um, uh, so uh, I was telling you guys off air a little bit, but um, uh, you know, I was I was very much into the uh, late '90s, early 2000s era WWF when I was a kid. Uh, it was probably about like you know, like four years or so where I was heavily into it, and eventually, kind of. Uh, not necessarily burned out myself, but um, uh, you know, all my friends kind of moved on from it. I had no one to talk to about it, so I kind of just stopped watching after a while. And every now and then, I would kind of check back in. But uh, lately, I don't really know what it was. Um, I uh, I kind of it was it's like last May, I put on an episode of Raw, and I just kind of got sucked back into it, <laughs> and I've just been like watching ever since. And I uh, I, I I'm, it's, you know, kind of. I've really only kept up with the WWE stuff so far. And I'm, I'm just kind of tangentially aware of like what's going on with other promotions like AEW and stuff. But um, I took the opportunity to kind of finally go back and watch like some old school uh, WCW stuff and like, you know, just more uh, classic things. And um, uh, I've just been kind of uh, enjoying getting into uh, some of the history aspect while also keeping up with the modern stuff. And uh, it's, it's been a lot of fun and uh, the kid and uh, the wife are kind of into it now too. So that's cool. And it's just something we all do together. It's, it's, it's really a good time to, I mean, for wrestling in general. Um, yeah. And listen, in Kansas city being, you know, it's, it's a hub, you know, it's got a lot of history, um, you know, so maybe you have one of these days, it's getting some local Indies. Fun, so yeah I've, I've thought about reaching out to some of my like uh, you know acquaintances from even like the music scene that are like involved in like you know some local wrestling stuff and just uh seeing uh about uh how, how to get involved and go and uh see some cool stuff you know nice yeah and uh remind me after we're done recording i got a question in regards to that i mean need, need your help a little bit so we'll talk about that off air so sure yeah so i mean i mean like i said you know the general gimmick of the show is you know, if this is your first episode, so you are a perfect candidate. Um, 
obviously really very honored and thankful that you came on. Of course. Uh, I, I love that you guys had me. It's awesome. I'm, I'm having a good time. Yeah. And, uh, you know, obviously we have guests on. Sometimes we got to hold our breath because uh, we don't watch the episodes ahead of time <laughs> to make sure they're a good one. But uh, I think we really lucked out with yours because I think uh, we really got some quality, some quality TV, some good storytelling and everything. Um, but yeah, gentlemen, we uh, we watched Ring of Honor. So we're going to do TV first and then we're going to do the, the event. Whose name was uh, Old Wrestling's Finest? Wrestling's Finest from the Pittsburgh, which actually happened technically before the TV episode, but aired after. But you know how that goes. So, um, but the TV episode was taped before the pay per view, I think. Yeah, way before. It was still natural. Um, yeah, yeah. Well, we're TV episode 124. Whoo! <laughs> original air date February 1st. 2014. Um, and Nick, random question here. Do you by chance remember what you were doing on or around February 1st, 2014? Oh, man. I was uh, 22? 23? And, uh, yeah, I don't know. I was probably... I was. Just, I think I was recording a record at this time. <laughs> so, so I was uh, in the process of doing uh, probably, like, the, the most strenuous, like, recording that i've ever done uh, up to that point at least and uh yeah no i was just uh just just plugging away at that i think at that point oh that's awesome does your band have cds we can buy yeah yeah we'll talk off it well <laughs> i mean uh that definitely will nick nick well. what's your band nick nick who's your band <laughs> well, uh, that well that band uh at the time is is no more <laughs> but uh but I, I am in a band with a, a bunch of the similar dudes, and um, uh, I play in a band nowadays called Emerald Eye. That's kind of like a speed met, like a proggy speed metal band. But uh, but that band was a, a band called Van Lade, which was more like traditional kind of uh, heavy metal, speed metal stuff. Nice, yeah. Um, and listen, yeah. Make sure you get me all the links, and I'll put it in the show notes for everybody. So sure. So, um, you know, yeah. Listen, I mean, you know, put over whatever you need, my friend. So. I'll kind of- <laughs> Podcasts, CDs, you know, the whole kit for Blue. So, well, of course, of course, I appreciate it. Yeah. Um, but, uh, Will, I know I always bug you with this, but do you remember what you're doing uh, February of 2014? February of 2014. Ooh, that was a long time ago. Well, 10 years ago. It's 10, about 10 years ago. So, if it was about 10 years ago, I would have been, uh, Slaving to the grind, not really doing a whole lot with my life. Yeah, I was balls deep. We're studying for my uh, my EMT test in my my first winter back at Stanley in a couple of years. So good old Stanley Idaho. So yeah, actually, so I think that would have been my first semester where I didn't have college classes. Like I had a final presentation I had to do, but I, I didn't have any other. Oh classes i had to take okay. nice yeah. Uh, yeah i got one of those extended bachelor's degrees you know <laughs> <laughs> nothing wrong with that fair enough um well uh and uh for tv here uh the top prospect tournament is continuing is uh hansen uh is uh who uh is taking on the high flyer andrew everts <laughs> um hansen earlier I uh, had wrestled Cheeseburger 
Uh, Nick, do you have any idea who cheeseburgers by any chance? <laughs> I was gonna mention that, um, uh, because they in the pay per view when Hanson has a match, uh, they uh, <laughs> they mentioned how he defeated Cheeseburger. I have never heard of Cheeseburger other than you guys talking about it, and it makes me laugh every time that you say his name. But yes, <laughs> I love Cheeseburger. Cheeseburger is great. I, yeah. I finally saw him in the in the little flashback in the pay per view, so I was like, I was like, oh, he literally looks like a cheeseburger. <laughs> okay. Yeah. So yeah, he uh, got the nickname. He got he got in the ring with somebody who may or may not be featured on TV and pay per view that we might talk about later. It's not confirmed. Veda Scott's pretty sure she knows it's him, but we'll we'll see. Um, oh no, it was Charlie Haas. Not yeah, was, right? was it Charlie Haas? Yeah, I was, I, I was mixing up people. He he was just like a he was at one of their dojo students, and he was like part of the crew that would like grab the streamers out of the ring. And he got pulled into the ring, and he's like, "What's your name?" He's like Rydell. He's like, "Well, Rydell, you look like you need a cheeseburger." Okay. <laughs> and, and, and then it stuck. Everybody just called him Cheeseburger. Yeah, because he used that's to come up like that's Rydell. He's like, "No, it's Cheeseburger." So ne- then it was Cheeseburger, and then later on, he becomes world famous CB. I love that. That's great. Um, but obviously that match went as you would expect. Uh, no offense to Cheeseburger, but um, Hanson is uh, is a big dude, and he knows how to move. Uh, but taking on the high flyer, Andrew Everett, uh, someone I'm, I was kind of uh, fairly familiar with, but uh, I really thought these two did a great job making it look legit. Obviously, um, you know, Hanson's a big motherfucker, and uh, Everett's, you know, I mean, he's built, but I mean, he's still pretty small, but... Uh, you know, with the legit size and styles difference, but uh, you know, make a long story short, Hanson misses a dive, uh, which I thought was kind of cool, uh, because he really kind of ate that barricade. And uh, Andrew Everett's got a pretty fucking pretty shooting star thing that he does. But uh, in the end, Andrew Everett comes off top rope, kind of AJ Styles, and then kits that uh, what's the move they call it, like the leg guillotine thing or whatever? But pretty much, um, Hanson catches him and rips his head off and pins him for the win. So. <laughs> Um, what'd you guys think of this match? Uh, I thought that, um, I, I honestly, like the more that I see, I know that we had mentioned about how Hanson is, yeah, you know, I, I know him as Ivar now, right. <laughs> but, uh, but like, uh, he is just seriously so good and like, and, and for how big he is, like, it's like you, you see those two dudes like next to each other and you're like, oh, this is going to be one of those like David Goliath clash of styles type of match. Yeah. And like. And it is sort of, but also like he moves so fast for like how big he is and stuff that it's like, it's not as different as you'd think like it would be. And like, and I, I just, I, you know, and obviously like Andrew Everett, like I'd, I'd never seen him or even heard of him before uh, watching these matches with him uh, on the pay-per-view as well. But um, uh, yeah, like obviously he's great. Um, does a lot of really cool, like, you know, like picture worthy moments and whatnot. And uh but like, yeah, I just like I can't help but think I'm just like, man, like that Hanson is like an MVP of this shit. Like he just makes him look great, and he's also like just awesome himself. Like that was a really good match. I, I liked it. I also like Prince Nana on com- on commentary as well too. <laughs> Prince Nana is, is great. So yeah, basically Prince Nana is kind of like in charge. So Ring of Honor does this uh, top prospect tournament every year. You know, this year Nana was in charge of getting all the talent. So um, yeah, it's uh so I um. Hanson will, will well, I mean, spoiler alert, but he'll be in a tag team later called War Machine that was fucking awesome. Uh, they were all over the place um, before they became the Viking Raiders, so. Um, 
Will, do you have any thoughts on this match? Sorry, the internet dipped out again, but I'm I'm here. Um, big Hanson fan. He's he's from not too too far from me, from Lynn, Massachusetts. So I've I've seen him in a high school gym. This awesome. is actually post uh, him being signed to the WWE because Champa was supposed to be at the event, but this was when Champa went in for neck surgery. So oh. Hanson was. Uh, like the substitute that WWE allowed to come do the show. That's fun. Huh. Nice. Also, uh, to put over past podcasting endeavors, former guest of Neckbreaker, Warbeard Hanson. Oh, really? Yeah. Nice. Okay. Yeah, it was a um, great team. You know, obviously we kind of, well, it, it kind of, obviously, um, Will and I both knew the outcome going in. Um you know, just from because I'd say we watched the show from 10 years ago, but yeah, I really, I, it was really believable. <coughs> their, their, their styles match pretty well, so. Um, or I got a cold. Keep it to yourself cough. over there, buddy. I should probably hit the cough button, but next, uh, Michael Bennett and Maria. Uh, Maria comes out doing her, uh, she's better than everyone's stick, and you know, they're all, everyone's fat and lazy. Uh, and they talk about because uh, Nick make a long story short at final battle, uh, Michael Bennett lost a match against Kevin Steen, and uh, the loser of that match could no longer use a pile driver. Oh, but uh, when Ray tells everyone Bennett's got a new finisher, um, and he's taking on the aforementioned Cedric Alexander. Um, love Cedric Alexander. Um, I really love how he dove over Maria. Uh, but then, you know, and uh, these two, another another one where, you know, Styles make fights. <coughs> and Bennett's the, the ground and pound, and obviously Cedric's the high flyer. Uh, these two did a great job. Uh, but in the end, Maria distracts Cedric uh, long enough for Bennett to get his legs up on the frog splash. Uh, and, yeah, Bennett's new moves, it's like a lariat into like an anaconda, like, choco. It's the, ana- it's the anaconda vice. Which no one's ever done before, according to Steve Perino. Uh, dude, I, I thought it looked really cool. Um, I know I kind of glossed over the match, but uh, Nick, obviously, you're a big Cedric Alexander fan. How did you like seeing him here in uh, Ring of Honor 10 years earlier? Oh, it was so cool. I mean, like, uh, I, I will say too, um, just up top to get this out of the way because spoilers for the uh, the pay per view, but man, Mar- Maria Canellis is awesome at promos. <laughs> I, re- I really like her, like her character and whatnot. Like, it's like she's she's a lot of fun, and honestly, like. I, as as much as these guys did like some great work, the most memorable part to me is when she t- she takes the commentary mic to comment on how hot Matt, Michael Bennett looks. And I thought that was really fucking funny. It made me laugh. <laughs> but but, uh, but yeah, I just like I don't know. Just the whole package is really good. And like I mean, like yeah, Cedric like seeing him like at this point was like just super awesome. I mean, like he's like I mean, just such a well honed machine. <laughs> in terms of like all the crazy shit that he can do that I'm just like, I'm impressed every time I see him, like no matter what era. Yeah. It's, uh, you know, hopefully Cedric, I mean, I don't know, either let him free or, or book him, you know? So, I mean, he's still pretty young. I mean, I think he's in mid thirties, you know? So we'll see what happens. So will do you have any thoughts on this match? So, so Tom, you, you know, who uses the Anaconda vice, right? Um, not off the top of my head. So, 
they didn't do it in this match, but Nick, usually Mike Bennett's matches, the crowd chants CM Punk, not just because CM Punk chants uh, are popular uh, at the time, but CM Punk feuded with Mike Bennett on his way out of uh, Ring of okay. Honor. Um, so the Anaconda Vice is a is an old finishing move from CM Punk. <laughs> so that's why it's supposed to be like smarmy, ha ha ha, look what I did. Oh, okay. I'm using, so, the like, mo- I'm using the guy's move that you all really like and I don't like. Ha, ha, ha. Got him. Ah. <laughs> nice, nice. Okay. And the, the heel commentators is like, oh, nobody's ever done that move before. I don't know what everybody's like talking about. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> That's yeah. funny. <laughs> and uh, and Nick, as you're new to the product and everything, how does – sometimes, especially when, like, when people like Maria are out, on, out there, uh, commentary can get a little cringeworthy. Uh, did comment? How did commentary go for you? I mean, was it distracting or did it help? Or did you for play? for the most part, I thought it was like pretty fine. You know, like I mean, it, it didn't, it didn't, it did its job. It didn't like blow me out of the water or anything. There were like a couple moments, and I didn't really notate them too much. But like every so often, they might harp on something a little too much. You know, yeah. and you're just like, all right, all right, I get it. You know, but but uh, but for the most part, I mean, I thought it was pretty 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 solid you know like i mean uh, and it gave me enough context to where i like i didn't feel completely lost which i guess is you know that's the goal anyway so yeah, yeah that was that was my next question too so it's just yeah whenever like maria's on it gets a little you know i'm not trying to be mr wolf or anything but it's like that might that comment might be a little you know out there but kevin kelly and steve carino actually we didn't even mention earlier are great on commentary um you know we'll definitely get into that uh a little bit more um yeah, I mean, Carino is just fucking hilarious. Um, and Will, and like, I didn't put the CM Punk thing together, uh, but we'll actually talk about that a little bit more at Wrestling's Finest because there's some more trolling by Mike Bennett on C- CM Punk, uh, which I thought was kind of ironic. So, um, But next, the main event. And Nick, boy, did you pick a great fucking TV episode to watch with us. <laughs> AJ Styles returning after eight years. Uh, versus Roderick Strong. Um, I'm assuming you've probably seen AJ at least a couple times, right? Oh yeah, for sure. Um, uh, I I never seen him in Ring of Honor, but I mean I've definitely seen him, uh, especially in the WWE stuff. And and he's also one of those that I've happened to see uh, like match clips and whatnot from his time at TNA as well. Yeah. Um, were you familiar with Roderick Strong? Rod, uh, Roderick Strong at all? So he's one of the ones that I have most assuredly heard the name before but i had never seen like wrestle before he was in nxt for a spell and he's currently in aew nice so he's he's kind of he was part of the kind of the big story kind of around the world title picture uh him matt taven mike bennett and adam cole are all in cahoots very nice, yeah. I mean, I I will say just first impression of of him, like in this match at least, like yeah, he's he's fucking great. Yeah. I mean, like like both these dudes, obviously. I mean, I think everybody knows, like I've, like I said, I've seen AJ before, so I mean, everybody knows that you know how good he can be. And uh, yeah, I mean, both these dudes just really seem like they're in like top form at this point. Yeah, Roddy's the dude just got. Um, you know, Steve Carino mentions a lot on commentary. I don't know if you mentioned in this in this match, but like Cedric, but he's got that extra gear that he can just go to. Um, he also doesn't look like like he would be like as like hard hitting as he is. 
Like, but but like his hits and everything like look really legit. Like they they look good. Yeah, he is the um, he is spectacular. It's kind of cool because with this new storyline, uh, so it's Roderick Strong, uh, B.J. Whitmer, and a friend of the well, hopefully future friend of Ring of Honor, over Jimmy Jacobs. Uh, you know, they're the old guys at Ring of Honor. They never left. They've been there since day one. You know, and then AJ left and he came back. So it's kind of cool how they got that story going online. But um, this match fucking ruled. I really, really enjoyed it. I always love when Rod, because uh, one of Roddy's nicknames is the Messiah, the backbreaker. And he gets pissed off and everyone else uses a backbreaker. And that backbreaker that he hit on AJ on the apron. Woo! Um, but speaking of hits, um, towards the end of the match, Roddy hits a sick kick on AJ that I think AJ's teeth landed in the third row. I, that's one of the best sick kicks he's ever hit. Uh, but somehow AJ survived. Uh, but he hits the Styles Clash for the pin and the win. Um, I'm not even gonna try and go into the you know the ending sequence because these two last three minutes of the matches went at it so. Um, that is a very broad stroke of this match. If you get a chance to go back and watch it, high fivers and high flyers, um, definitely get a chance to this match. Fucking, um, what do you guys think? I I thought it was really great. Um, I thought it was pretty cool that especially like after the significance, and they explain it in the show too that like okay. you know AJ being back is such a big deal and it's been so long and stuff. So so you totally get why they get so much time. Although I will say there is a point in there where like maybe around like the halfway mark, it's like the second commercial break and, and you're kind of like, okay, where, where's it going though? You know, like it's like, it's, it's, it's really, it's pretty long, but then like that last like five or so minutes just makes it like, oh shit. Like it was all actually building to this, you know, like it wasn't like they were just fucking around like to save time or whatever. It was like everything that they did factored into like the last five minutes and the finish and everything. And like, and it was just a really, yeah, just really well done watching like two dudes. Like I said, who were seem like they're like on top of their game, like just fucking have a, a stellar match together. It was good. Yeah. This is, I mean, really the definition of, you know, ring of honor at the time, kind of like the reputation, the reputation that they had built um, for sure. And I know AJ, I don't think he ever won the world title, but I know he was one of the inaugural. Cause when ring of honor had this pure championship back in the day, uh, that they redid recently, which was awesome. Uh, but yeah, I, AJ had a lot of huge history early in uh, Ring of Honor. But Will, you got any thoughts there, my, uh, any thoughts there, my friend? This is definitely the the takeaway match where it's like if people are going to set aside the time to watch one thing from this TV episode, it would probably be this match. Uh, you can't go wrong. It's it's one of those things where you you put those two names down on paper, like there's. They'd have to try to make it not good. Yeah. Yeah, you can totally feel and that. Like, huge Roddy guy, especially around this time. I know his big thing is the backbreakers, but the sick kick is always, like, to me, that's like the Roger Strong move. Yeah. That was and it, I mean, it's, it's really good shit. Yeah, I, I I really think I, I this I don't think it's hyperbole, but I really think that was the best sick kick he's ever hit. Um, and obviously AJ the pro, you know, had to make that look so good. Um, yeah, it was. I, I can't talk enough. This was a great match. Because this this was before AJ went to Japan, right? Um, no, because 
He was an original Bull Club member. That was the year before. And obviously, New Japan's got that okay. relationship with the Ring of Honor. So, um, yeah, but he was yeah he was pretty well ingrained in uh, New Japan at this time. Um, if not, Brendan will definitely let us know. Um, but I'm pretty sure he was. And I could be wrong. I mean, I've been wrong before, but. But wait, no, did AJ take? Maybe not. Maybe you're right, Will, because I think AJ replaced Finn in Bullet Club. You could be right. So this could be just before he went over to Japan for a little while. I thought he was in Japan longer, though, because, I mean, two years later, he's de- debuting in WWE. Well, time time is weird like that, right? It's like Brock Lesnar's original run was only like a year and a half, but it felt like he was there for like yeah, ages, so... Again, that involves research and taking notes, Tom. We both know I don't do that. Uh, but, Nick, the, the million-dollar question here, um, as this literally was your first episode of Ring of Honor TV, uh, did they do enough to, to really in um, going forward? Yeah, I, I feel like the main event that we just talked about really, like, and this is also a, a credit to the, the commentary team, but they really do put over... The idea of like i think one of them even says it like straight up where he's like he's like you know we're not like other wrestling promotions we let them have the long matches we let like the, you know the star shine and you can tell too because i mean like what i mean in this whole episode i mean granted it's only an hour which is shorter than most of the other like you know promotion episodes i've seen like from other people but mm-hmm. like uh not a lot of like promos not a lot of like i mean there's there's stories but it's definitely the secondary focus this is the wrestling wrestling show like like you can tell you know and uh and and i i dig that because it's like you know even though i'm not like you know a purist type or taking sides in this it's like i i appreciate that there is something like this and it's really cool to just see people that you know you're gonna get solid match after solid match like and that's what this episode kind of told me or telegraphed yeah, it was, I mean, you picked a really good, I mean, yeah. Will, you've got really good timing to have Nick on, so good work there. <laughs> right, this could have gone really badly, because it's getting better now, but, like, early on, the, the, the in-ring work is phenomenal. But a lot of the people don't have a lot of charisma when they're doing their promo. So the, the episodes, there have been some, where there's a lot of talking, have been, like, the worst yeah because it's just like oh my like i get it like can we just move on show me anything else you know and listen we watched you know i i've um you know we've watched every episode of ring of honor tv since its inception you know over two years ago um and they've they've you know experimented with formats some episodes they had two matches with very promo heavy um recently though willis yeah they've been having four matches which I thought was a little too much because you don't have a lot of time. I thought the three match and you know the, the time they gave was perfect this time around. So hopefully they stick kind of more to this style. Um, yeah, and letting the, the storylines play out in the ring and least you know, like you said, Nick, our commentary. So you know we know what's going on here, but th- as it was your first time, it was cool that they did enough explaining so you're at least kind of familiar with what was going on. So I mean. Obviously, wrestling is about stories. I mean, you know, you can have great match after great match, but, I mean, ultimately, you're not going to be hooked long-term unless you, you know, you buy into a story. So, 
Yeah, it's it's the marriage of both that like makes it great. Like you know, they they elevate each other. You know, so I I totally get that, and you can you can see that like gestating at least here. Like I said, I mean, it definitely feels a lot more straight wrestling heavy, but I appreciate that just because it's not something that I've necessarily really seen before. You know, so uh, it was nice to you know just see like some like I said, you know, you're gonna get like banger match after banger match like no matter who's in there and it's like that's that's awesome but yeah the the lack of promo stuff i mean i felt that a little bit but i it was one of those things where i'm like well it probably gets elaborated on more as it goes so you know not really a turn off uh will any final thoughts on tv before we dive into uh wrestling's finest from january 24th 2014 nope i'm ready to get this ball let's let's keep this ball rolling tom what up, high fivers? Your boy, high five Tom here. Just real quick, jumping in here too. Uh, make sure you are following all the great shows here on Visionaries Global Media. Obviously, I just listened to a uh, great episode of Band from Ringside with my boys JCB, uh, Bill, and uh, Three Beer Zach uh, ta- pontificate about all that's going on in wrestling today. Uh, make sure you are checking out, speaking of JCB, make sure you're checking out uh, the Phoenix Splash podcast with JCB and uh, former guest and personal friend of high five Tom, uh, Mr. Big Dick, uh, Brett Jagger. Um, obviously, the Brand Buster Boys are on a bit of a hiatus right now, uh, but you know they will be back in the near future. Rumor has it. Uh, make sure you're checking out uh, Nish Guy, uh, former guest of the show, Graham and Matt over at Good Cop Bad Cop. Uh, make sure you're following everything over on uh, with Chad and Diesel over at VFTR 2.0 and all the great shows here on the Visionaries Global Media. And also make sure you check out all these great shows on the Shining Wizards Podcast Network. The Shining Wizards is the greatest wrestling podcast of all time. Don't believe me? Tune in and check us out. We laugh, we cry, we interview some of the greatest people in professional wrestling, and we have some of the greatest segments of all time, including everyone's favorite wrestling game show, Can You Beat That? We're live 6.50 p.m. East on Monday night on all social media platforms, and we're with you wherever you go on every single streaming and podcasting platform as well. Check us out. Go over to ShiningWizards.com and join us for some wrestling talk and talk about wrestling. What's up, folks? It's your boy, the Impact Player, Mr. Philly Ray, inviting all of you to check out the Turnbuckle Throwbacks Wrestling Podcast. Join us as we cover all things current in the world of pro wrestling, as well as paying homage to the old school, the squared circle. So listen in and find out why we are the recognized symbol of excellence in sports entertainment broadcasting. Find us on all social media platforms and anywhere you get your podcast from. And as always, we are the proudest members of the Shining Wizards Network and Rant Entertainment Media. The Mark Order Podcast is the only show you need if you're looking for dedicated coverage of everything AEW on the Shining Wizards Network. Join us live on YouTube every Wednesday night at 10.15 p.m. Eastern after Dynamite to chat along with the show. If you can't join us live, listen to us on your favorite podcast platform. Follow us on all social channels at MarkOrderPod and use the hashtag JoinTheMarkOrder because if you don't find us, we will find you. G'day guys, my name is Thomas, one half of the Broadcast Podcast. With our podcast, we go back and watch wrestling events from WWE, WWF, WCW, ECW, AEW, and many other wrestling promotions. You can check us out on Twitter at the Broadcast, that's T-H-E-B-R-O-K-A-S-T, and you can also download all episodes on Apple Podcasts, CastBox, Castro, and many other podcast apps.
Got 30 minutes to kill? Come check out 30 Screams or Less, where we review a horror movie in 30 minutes or less. We cover new movies and old ones, too. We'll give our honest thoughts on the movie, good or shit, as well as a rating of each one that we watch. New episodes weekly, available on the Shining Wizards Network and wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. I'm Steve. And I'm Corey. Come check us out at 30 Screams or Less. What's up, everyone? When on the Shining Wizards Network, be sure to check out Wrestling Night in Canada. If we're not recording another kick-ass podcast, or playing in punk bands, or recording kick-ass heavy metal albums, then we're sitting back, we're grabbing a couple brews, and going over everything to do in the world of pro wrestling. Because we're from Winnipeg, you idiots. If you like your music heavy, then check out Radioactive Metal on the Shining Wizards Network. For over 16 years now, Radioactive Metal has been one of the longest-running podcasts. Over the years, we've interviewed some legendary metal acts, had some awesome discussions, and cranked a hell of a lot of tunes. So join your cool Uncle Snowy and his co-host Aaron for the audio mosh pit that is Radioactive Metal here on the Shining Wizards Network. Are you tired of being lied to every day by the mainstream media? Do you want to know what's really going on in the world? Do you want to make up your own mind about things and not be told what to think or say? Then listen to Inconclusive Breakdown, a weekly anti-PC look at the world of entertainment and current events brought to you without censorship or filters. You can find us everywhere you listen to podcasts, BitChute, and on ShiningWizardsNetwork.com. And also, we're a proud member of the Shining Wizards Network. All right, well, um, like I said, we've got our first, uh, I don't know if it's called pay-per-view, PLE, whatever you want to call it, from Ring of Honor, This was an I, this was an I pay-per-view, probably. <laughs> yeah, well, we'll get into it because uh, obviously this is a TV taping. Uh, but um, our opening match, uh, I'm really kind of interested to hear what your thoughts on this are, Nick. But uh, two, um, well, actually, three out of our four favorites. Adrenaline Rush, ACH, and Tadarius Thomas uh, versus the Decade of Jimmy Jacobs and BJ Whitmer. Um, just real quick here, interesting matchup. Uh, Carino still hates BJ Whitmer, uh, harping on the fact that they duped everyone. Um, he's got no code of honor, you know. Um, or they got no code of honor from Jimmy Jacobs. Uh, they don't deserve uh, the soaring and scoring thing in their TV taping. Um I really dug when Roddy Strong was on this uh was out on uh taking pictures of everybody. That was great. Um oh boy, my notes aren't pretty good on this. Uh yeah, th- this match started off a little slow. Uh picked up hit the match. Uh with Tadarius Thomas doing some great cap in your ass uh MMA. Uh that is till Jamie J- Jimmy Jacobs pierced him through the ropes with ropes, which I thought was really well done. And in the end, uh the all seeing eye um Jacobs gets the all-seeing eye on ACH, that front slam into a cutter thing. Um, that was a really horrible review, gentlemen. Sorry, but uh, what'd you guys think? See, if you don't take notes, you don't have to worry about your notes being a mess, Tom. 
<laughs> the more you know. Yeah. <laughs> so a little a little background for Nick. Um so recently we got out of a storyline around a group called Scum, which was pretty much like the NWO for Ring of Honor. Okay. Um, and it was run initially by Steve Carino, Jimmy Jacobs, and Kevin Steen. And it it was there were some highlights to it, but they try it overall. I don't think Tom and I would say it was a great story, start to finish. But there was definitely some interesting stuff there. So one of the it gets brought up on commentary here and there, and especially when Carino's talking to Veda, where it's like. Carino talks like he wasn't in the company the last couple months when all that was happening. He's like, oh, I don't remember any of this. What happened? You know, could you believe all the stuff that he did? He was trying to do really bad things. I wasn't here for that, though. Yeah, he <laughs> uh, so we're, we're still kind of coming fresh off that. And that was part of the thing is Jimmy Jacobs got his job back after being outed as part of Scum. Partly because BJ Whitmer is like Nigel, you got to give this guy's job back. Like, you know, he's a great wrestler. You know, he just got caught up in the moment, whatever. Like, he he deserves it. And then, as they showed in the clip, I don't remember if they showed a clip on this or not. But Whitmer was supposed to have his like farewell match. And at the end of the match, he's like, "Yeah, but I'm not going anywhere." And Jimmy Jacobs and Roger Strong came out and they beat up uh, Eddie Edwards on his way out. Uh, so, so they're like a like the decade is like a new faction. They're 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 pretty new. They, they okay. still got that new car smell. Okay, okay, cool. I was I was they're, sort they're, of wondering about that. Yeah, they're they're old dudes. Like they've been around for the last decade, so to speak. Um, but this is a pretty new group within the last month. Cool, cool. Okay, yeah. No, I. I mean, I I thought this match was pretty cool. I mean, like, uh, this was... Uh, so this was actually the first thing that I watched. Like, I watched yes. the... Yeah, so I watched the pay-per-view before I watched the TV episode. But, um... uh, So, like, my notes are, are pretty... <laughs> they're pretty starter here. But, um... Uh, I, I should have mentioned it on the TV, but, um... I like that they do the little uh, stat sheet thing before each match. <laughs> That's kind of cool. That's the tail of the tape. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I thought that was kind of cool. Um, uh... I also um hey, Jimmy Jacobs is the the smaller dude with the the pink hair, right? Correct. Okay, okay, yeah. So yeah, I I was very impressed with him and uh, TD like right at the beginning, like especially when they do that thing where he like locked his like feet around his neck and he goes for like a hurricane rana, but then like he like flips out of it and then like they both flip and land on their feet. I was like, fuck yeah, this is awesome. Like, yeah. I, was, I was I was pretty into it after that, but yeah, like and there was another point where I think like. BJ like hurls Jacobs like he's a discus like so that he spears one of them like and I was like this is really cool like they're like those dudes are like the the decade dudes are just super awesome in terms of like doing like the combo tag team moves like I, I I've seen stuff sort of like that before but this shit was like I was like this is fucking really cool and like really awesome to see and uh like the 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 uh um adrenaline rush those dudes like I like you can tell that they're like just the super well conditioned athletes, you know, and like and they and they just like don't stop at all. It was kind of funny too because I kept saying like I was like, oh well, they lost and you know they took a, a big beating, but those dudes look like they could still go for like another like half hour after that. I was like, Jesus Christ! All right, 
but yeah, no, very impressed. Like overall, I thought the finish was cool. Uh, you know, yeah. And I, I also really liked Roderick Strong telling people in the crowd to shut the fuck up at one point when they were booing. And that was funny, but. <laughs> yeah. Ronnie getting to show off some of his, uh, his personality, which, which is, which is pretty awesome. But yeah. And the funny thing is adrenaline rush is a legitimate tag team in the decades kind of new. Um, <laughs> but yeah, to nearest time, Stacey, those two guys, uh, those guys are just phenomenal. If, I mean, um, if you're a chance, and unfortunately, ACH is currently retired. Uh, hopefully, he kind of comes back. But yeah, if you check out any ACH matches, um, dude was money. He was in NXT for a minute, um, but then they kind of fucked up. They did a shirt that was, uh, we'll just say, a little racially insensitive. And, oh, great. Yeah, and he quit. So um, it was. Well, can't blame him for that. Yeah, so but if you're yeah, ACH is a one of those guys where if treated right, he could have been a megastar. I mean, it's kind of a shame that his size probably held him back from a lot of that because he is a smaller guy. Um, but if you ever like YouTube rabbit hole, whatever, you find some pro wrestling gorilla ACH stuff, like it's it's mind-boggling the stuff that that he does. He's an amazing in-ring talent. He's a former AAW World Champion, Will. Oh, that's right, AAW. We we, we got to get that plug-in for AAW. My weekly AAW plug. <laughs> uh, I mean, all all bullshit aside, like I said, have you seen um, Cameron Grimes at all? You know, on on TV at all, Nick. Yeah, yeah, I've I've seen him in a couple matches on NXT uh, from a while back, and then um uh, he's been on the main roster a bit, but he hasn't had too many televised matches. But I've but I've seen him like probably in like three or four matches. Yeah, yeah, because he used to wrestle under her name Trevor Lee. Uh, but yeah, if you just type in ACH Trevor Lee AAW, um, those three had some fucking classic classic matches. Um, nice, I'll have to check it out. Yeah, and it's funny because actually Trevor Lee slash Cameron Grimes. Um, Andrew Everts, his old tag team partner, because they're both from North Carolina. Oh, nice. Yeah, so that's kind of a tie in there. So, um, yeah, this is, um, I was really impressed with the decades, like you said, Nick, like their their tag team work for not being the newish tag team. I'm assuming Jacobs and Whitmer have probably worked together somewhere along the lines because they've been enemies, they've been friends, they've been enemies. So, um, yeah, that weird ending finishing move they did was pretty awesome. So, yeah, it looked cool. Great way to start off the pay-per-view. Uh, but then we get the finals of our top prospect tournament. Uh, this is the moment Will and I have been waiting for for a while. Uh, quick review how we got to the final. <clears throat> Obviously, um, Hanson, I keep I want to call him War Machine, but Hanson beat up uh, Cheeseburger and then Andrew Everett. And then uh, Will beat up that shit fucking Lucky Well, it didn't suck, but Kong just sucks. And then he beat... Uh, Oh, Corey Hollis in the second round. Uh, but these two, I mean, spoiler alert, we'll go on they take. Well, obviously, you know, as they're known as the Viking Raiders now, but. Yeah. But both these motherfuckers have been wrestling for 20 years. Um, yeah. You know, it was, uh, I don't know, I just, this is one of those matches where I didn't take a lot of notes because I just sat back and watched, but I really like when they, they were doing the dueling suplex spot. Um, you know, and roll with a with a one arm power bomb on Hanson, who's not a small motherfucker. Um, yeah, and then in the end, obviously Hanson gets the 
this big kick of doom for the win, and we get a code of honor. So hopefully, we see more of these guys. But um, I thought it was a great final of the top prospect tournament. They kind of shoehorned it in here for quick. But uh, Will, what do you think of this? It kills me because I forgot they legitimately called it the spin kick of doom. Yeah. <laughs> And I was like, man, I forgot that they actually called it that for a long time. <laughs> I did like that uh, they gave a name to Ray Rose finisher. The, the they call it the death row, the full Nelson into the the knee to the back of the head. Yeah, oof. It's like okay, that's kind of cool. Yeah, um, my, my... I mean, this is this is what you want, right? Two two big meaty men smacking me as they say yeah i mean like these dudes hit fucking hard like and i, and I was yeah just two giant dudes beating the shit out of each other and it was it was pretty awesome i mean yeah i i, I love to uh there was a moment like pretty early on i, I think it's hansen uh he does the thing where it, one of the stereotypical things that i love i love this trope of where you go for the pin early you get a one count yell at the ref try again get a one count yell at the ref you know let's that's that's good stuff, but yeah, I, I thought the finish was cool, uh, hard hitting. I I was actually I will say um I guess just because instinctually you're always like thinking like you know oh well like during the match like oh who's gonna win and uh, I kind of was surprised that Hanson won just because I feel like on the commentary they were putting Row over like much more it seemed. Yeah, because Will already knew the outcome of this match, but I didn't. So I I was with you, Nick. I really thought Row was going over. It seemed like it. They they seemed like they were building him up a bit more. At least it seemed, uh, you know, really talking him up and everything. And uh, and then yeah, but then Hanson still got the win. Yeah. So in the in the very near future, um, hopefully we get to come to the soon, Will. But uh, looks like we're getting Hanson versus Tommaso Ciampa. Fucking bang. Yeah, and also I don't remember if he busted it out in the match against Andrew Everett, but when. Hansen busts out the cartwheels in the matches. I don't know if he still does that as the as a Viking. I don't know if Vikings do cartwheels because I don't. I'm, I'm not up on my WWE. He does a moonsault. Uh, I believe it. Yeah, which That's is pretty a cool. Big moonsault. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it looks great too. Like he, he does it very well. Yeah, a lot of fun. So I, I, I'm down. I mean, it's almost a. I mean, Ring of Honor op- opening with a tag team match is pretty, pretty standard. But I mean, that that would have been a hell of an opener too to open with the top prospect finals. Yeah. And last year, Matt Taven beat Darius Thomas in the final, and Matt Taven went on to be the longest reigning TV champion in Ring of Honor history. So we'll see what Hanson does with that because I honestly don't know. There, my cat. No, I don't. I don't remember either. So. <laughs> Focus. Table. Focus. Off table. Off table. He's going everywhere else. There you go. All right. Yeah, Cat's got the zoom we saw. Uh, but next, uh, gentlemen, we've got the romantic touch uh versus Michael Bennett. And obviously Michael Bennett is escorted by his uh now fiance, now real life wife in uh in the real life. Uh but uh Marie's coming out saying that her romantic touch is sexist, uh she doesn't need a man, um and whatnot, and then uh Bennett, ironically enough, like Will had mentioned earlier, I did not realize that in a kind of ice thing, I uh, was a shot of punk, but uh, Michael Bennett saying he's the real best in the world. And uh, I don't know if you gentlemen are aware of this, but uh, this event happened two days 
before CM Punk quit WWE the first time. Oh, geez. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I just looked that up. So I thought that was kind of funny. It's got on the call. Um, and she's with Maria, kind of. She's a great businesswoman, the whole kick caboodle. Uh, she hates her uh, romantic touch, formerly known as Rhett Titus. Uh, right. Veda Scott's convinced this is Rhett Titus, who's part of the Scum shenanigans. But we haven't seen Rhett Titus since uh, Scum was booted out of Ring of Honor. Yeah. Uh, but uh, she's I, pointed out, you know, romantic touch, Rhett Titus. They both got RT on their trunks. Uh, the tattoo on his left arm keeps moving. <laughs> I really liked the lady on commentary's uh, anti-romantic uh, touch rhetoric. I thought that was really fun. Yeah. <laughs> it, it was Scott's really good. Um, it was it was a riot when she did commentary on um, the match of his when he was in the top prospect tournament the, in the first round. It was like, oh, the romantic touch. She's like, guys, like she was she was like ready to tear down the curtain. Like from the get go, she's like, that's obviously right, Titus. <laughs> and they're like, what are you talking about? She's like. Are you kidding me? Like, look at him. <laughs> so they do stuff. It's like, wow, what a drop kick. She's like, yeah, like Rhett Titus's drop kick. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> I really like Romantic Touch's gimmick. It's pretty fun. <laughs> it's so slick. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, this was also the moment, too, like where, like I said, because I watched this first, but um, uh, one of my notes was just Maria Canellis, much better at promos than Bennett. <laughs> like, yeah, I, I, I don't know. I really, uh, I don't, I don't mind him. Like, but it was just very like I was, I was like into what she was saying, and I was like, oh yeah, like she's, she's really convincing, and like you know, she sounds good and whatnot, and like she really believes it. And he was like, I think that Bennett is good, but like he, like when he did the little speech beforehand, it was kind of just like generic, like uh, oh, I'm, I'm a big guy, and I'm gonna beat you up, you know, that type of thing. And I was like, okay, it's funny because he's. He's a great speaker and he does like motivational speaking stuff now. So like Yeah. It's it's the tough guy stuff, right? It's like it's it's tough to buy the, the you gotta really sell the tough guy thing and it's just not like yeah, okay, whatever, buddy. But we then you got Maria Canellis, his wife, who's who just at the last pay-per-view took a package pile driver from Kevin Steen <laughs> and like she's she's not afraid to like get up in the mix and she's the one really like calling the shots around here. Yeah, she's a lot the of boss. She's she's the head bitch in charge. Yeah, a lot of the highlights for me on the match were mostly revolve around her and her like yelling shit on the side of the ring <laughs> or like or you know like I said the 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 commentary. The, what was the lady's name who's on commentary? Beta Scott. Okay, okay. Yeah, yeah. I, I liked her a lot in there too. Um, uh, um I also there was a moment that was that was pretty clever I thought was the uh uh Bennett uses Maria like as a shield. And he like pushes her into romantic touch who like dips her like they're in like a tango dance. And so he just kicks him in the face. The I appreciate that the, the box of chocolates. Yeah. The, uh, the chocolate was, was, became a part of the match. Yeah. Yeah. I was, I was entertained by that as well. Yes. All right, so Tom disappeared out into space. Oh shit! He's he gone. See, wow. this is the part where where if I I would say I was, this is the part where if I took notes, this would have been helpful. <laughs> oh, good thing he's okay. he's coming back around. Did you guys uh, did you guys mention uh, the what's in the box thing for the chocolates? 
We talked no, about chocolates, I, but not that. I did. Yeah. I did appreciate. I didn't appreciate it in the moment where the, when he was coming out because I didn't put two and two together. They were talking about the box of chocolates. Like I saw him carry it down to the ring, but it didn't register. Where they're like, "Oh, what's in the box?" I'm like, "What are they talking about?" And then it's like, "Ah, the box of chocolate." Uh, anytime I can get a seven reference in my wrestling, I'm always happy. Uh, <laughs> In in Madness Pod, uh, they do. They're another movie review, but yeah, they correlate where pretty much everything just comes back into you know the movie seven. So uh, the fact that we got it here in Navarro uh, was, was awesome. But uh, you know, and then um, obviously Marie gets on the on the apron, distracts uh, Romantic Touch, um, gives her the chocolates, and then Bennett uh, hits his uh, his new uh, move that no one's ever done before, and uh, yeah. Bennett uh, over a romantic touch. So, and then Jeff. Steve Carino. Steve Carino eats some of the chocolates from uh from the apron. So does uh, the romantic touch. Why wouldn't you? Um, just a waste. Steve otherwise. Carino said he's on a diet. Okay. Um, real quick, Nick. So, what did you think of uh, seeing like the commentary desk right there at like literally at ringside? Um, it it was a little it was a little strange at first. Uh, you know, just like getting like used to like the you know, where like the hard cam is and the setup and whatnot. But like, I mean, uh, I was kind of neat. Like, I mean, like it, it, you know, it feels more intimate and whatnot. So, I mean, uh, it's a, you know, it was just a, just a different setup than I was used to, but I, I didn't mind it at all. Yeah, it does. It can, it's uh it can be a really nice optic. Like once in a while, there was one, um, shit, what match was it? Was it ring of honor versus scum where Nigel McGinnis was on commentary and he's just going fucking nuts. Um, like on commentary, standing up, it was just kind of cool to see that. So, um, yeah, it's kind of a, it's different. I know I know it's pretty common in, in smaller promotions, but you know they don't have a lot of room, so makes uh, them a bit more uh, part of the show. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, next- so when there's when they they say on commentary, like they're they're like right on top of us. It's like no, they they really are like right on top of the commentary table. <laughs> Yeah, it was a great spot not to go back to that Roddy and, and AJ match, but yeah, AJ rolled on top of the table and then Roddy just picked him up and like no yeah, like you said, Will, um we're like right on top of him. I thought that was hilarious. But uh but gentlemen, next we've got a three way dance. Uh Will's favorite, Jay Lethal, Matt Taven Ugh. versus Tomasa Ciampa, uh, who is the current um Ring of Honor TV champion. Uh, hailing from Milwaukee, Wisconsin, although he's not actually from Milwaukee. He's actually from Will's neck of the woods, but his wife is from here, so that's why he comes from Milwaukee, Wisconsin. Um, but, Nick, are you familiar? I'm assuming you've probably seen Champa at least. Yes, yeah, so I've seen Champa, never with hair, but, uh, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, so that was a surprise. Um, I will say, I know we were talking about just, like, the, the match proper here, but beforehand, when, when they bring out, like, because they're doing the whole Matt Taven story with uh, the truth guy, Yep. And uh, the ladies who come out, one of them Scar- is that Scarlet carrying cross, like like yep. spooky lady yes, Scarlet. Okay, okay, yeah. I thought she she looked like it, but you know, I've I've seen her with so many different hair colors now. It's I'm like, is that her? I'm not sure, but uh, okay, yeah, cool. But yeah, um, no, I I knew Champa. Um, Matt Taven is another name I've heard a lot, but I had never seen him. Same thing with Jay Lethal. I'd I'd heard that name, never seen him before though. Yeah, they are big Ring of Honor names that went on to. They're both in AEW now. Matt Taven featured a little more prominently than Jay, Jay Lethal's tagging with Jeff Jarrett right now. Oh, okay. Yeah, Taven's actually Ring of Honor tag team champions with Michael Bennett as we speak. Oh, that's right, he is. Yeah. Oh, nice. 
Yeah, I guess I think Matt Taven. I even like, like I said, I I can for sure say I've never seen a match of his, but um, when I saw him, I was like, I've definitely seen that guy before. Like you know, like in maybe like a post or like a clip or something yeah. like that. But like, uh, yeah. So I was tangentially familiar jay lethal was more just like a name i didn't i didn't recognize like what he looked like or anything like that but um but yeah um i don't know i thought that the match in general was really cool i mean it was a good triple threat match i love triple threat matches in general they're they're a lot of fun yeah it could just be an interesting dynamic but uh you had alluded to earlier uh so matt haven so was part of the house of truth um with all the hoopla hotties and everything and uh they come out um it's funny that you mentioned that because well, I think when Scarlet started coming out, they didn't they didn't give her name, and I don't think we realized it was her till like the third or fourth appearance. <laughs> really? <laughs> right, because at one point, because they they weren't given like any like uh, nameplate credits or anything. Someone said Scarlet. I'm like, it's not that Scarlet, is it? And yeah, it sure and is. it was because the other um, the other lady that came out, I was saying the name wrong. It's like Silesia Sparks. I'm like, she's a Canadian professional wrestler who is also actually a very good wrestler so it's kind of it's not funny but it's like they could have used her in a more in-ring fashion but ring of honor really doesn't have a women's division yet they've had a couple matches here and there but they don't have like the women's division yet um so it's kind of more like if this you know was a little further down the line she could have been a really great uh contender for like the women of honor champion which we'll book here soon, but yeah because but yeah we haven't there's been no house of truth presence since final battle for like the last month matt taven's been coming out on his own like he still comes out to like the, the, the group theme but like scarlet and sleazy haven't been around truth martini hasn't been around so this is the first we're seeing of them in the last month yeah, and uh, you know, and um, real quick before we get in, get into the match, obviously, um, Truth comes out, and then uh, you know he talks about he's uh, you know he kicks the the hoopla out. He's like, yeah, there's no more sleaze. You know, it's just me and Taven. And Taven's like, no, you're you're fired, man. Um, you know, Truth wearing a bandana. You know, he's not wearing his usual hat and everything. So, um, and I do want to mention real quick, Truth Martini, uh, former AAW Tag Team Champion. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A W, A W. are really good. Will do they? Do they pay you? Does Confident Trent pay you to put over A W? No, not yet. I'm getting there. So, um, yeah. So basically, uh, this match, you know, like Nick said, it really started on like a house on, on fire. Um, right there, there was no code of honor across it. There, there was no handshaking to start this match. This match. All three dudes were in the ring. It's like, it's go time. Let's go. Yeah. Oh, and if we forgot to mention, so Taven just lost that TV title to Ciampa at Final Battle about a month and a half ago. Oh, okay. So it hasn't been that long. They didn't mention that he lost it on the commentary, but I didn't know it was like, it wasn't that long ago. Yeah. Yeah. And Jay Lethal is a former It's so team. fresh. Yeah. Um, and he's been kind of in, in the mix. Uh, but yeah, this is a lot of fun. Um Oh, yeah, we got a Book of Truth appearance here. My, yeah, my notes. I watched this late last night. I was back in a long day. So, uh, lots of fun action. Um, Truth Martini on the call, which is always good. Uh, but, yeah, like I said, he did sneak in uh, the Book of Truth. And uh, Nick Jacino, so the Book of Truth is uh, the most deadly weapon in um, wrestling history. 
Yeah, no one ever comes back from the truth. It's uh, if you, if you get clocked with that book, like it it's lights out. <laughs> I no love matter that. what, it's great. Um, yeah, in in the end, um, you know, Taven kind of is distracted by truth, and he gets knocked out of the ring, and then um, or he gets distracted by truth, and then Taven walks into a lumb blower thing from Trampa. And uh, Chompa retains the retains the thing, and uh, we do get a code of honor, uh, but it's a, a, a tag contentious here. Um, I know I really kind of breezed over the match. Do you guys have any other comments on the match here? I really enjoyed it. A lot of fun spots, a lot of you know three way action and everything. So it's a great. I mean, Tom pokes fun at saying Jay Lethal is my favorite. I Jay Lethal is one of those people where he's a good hand in the ring. He's just never really done it for me character wise i mean i loved his shtick in tna when he was just black macho man but um he it's he doesn't he doesn't have like that extra dimension or just like you i want that title it's like okay good for you but you know great in ring all three of these guys and the wrinkles with truth martini kind of like waiting like he's the loaded gun ring side like when is he going to get involved and it is he slides in the book Taven rejects it, and then uh, towards the end, Taven goes to get back in the ring, and Truth Martini snatches up his his ankle, throws it in the rope, and it's just enough. Yeah, it's still your Ring of Honor TV Championship, Tommaso Ciampa. Nick, any thoughts on this one? Yeah, it, I mean, it was cool seeing Ciampa like in an, in an earlier match in his career and whatnot, and. Uh, I, I will say like the match, like just in general, like spot after spot is like just really good. And like, honestly, like a, a recount of this one, if I was doing all the significant moments, like I just ended up probably recounting like every single spot in the match. It was, it was all really good. And like, and uh, I will say like, I found the, uh, the stuff with Taven just because I didn't have the context, you know, I, I felt like I got enough to kind of know what was going on, but like, because I wasn't like intimately familiar with like the players and like everything that was happening, um, I was a little bit off put by the Matt Taven story, but the way it factored into the finish, I thought was fun. Like with him, you know, not taking the book and stuff and like, and, uh, yeah, it was, it was, it was good. I mean, I feel like all these guys got like a moment to shine. Um, I can totally see what Will is saying with uh, Jay lethal, even though I've had limited exposure to him, but like, he does seem a little personality wise on the generic side. But in the ring, he definitely is very good. Um, and I, and I enjoyed it, but yeah, I, I, sort of had a hard time buying the whole like tense moment at the end with him and Ciampa where, cause they have like a long thing where they're like, kind of like talking shit to each other for a second. <laughs> and like, uh, and I was like, Oh, okay. Well he, he wants the title, but I have no idea why, you know? So it's like, okay. Yeah. There's a, that's, that's like the longest, probably the longest running feud in ring of honor right now. Lethal had the TV title for a bit. Then Ciampa stole the belt. Um, it was kind of one of those things where it's like, he needs to return the belt and it was being defended without the belt actually being like on TV. And then, uh, Chompa was out with a knee injury that he had during a match with Jay lethal. So like they bring that up as like, that's part of the, the, the beef. So Jay lethal is like Jay lethal on the TV title, like same kind of the same sentence thing, but like, yeah, the, there, there was some, you know how like when you're playing a video game or something and like the characters on screen just kind of like move and it's like they're not they're not really like reacting to each other. 
there, there's yeah. been moments where he's kind of like jawing at Champa and he's just like sticking his tongue out and like holding up the belt and like looking at the belt. It's like it's like they're not like in the same room, but they're standing right in front of each other. Like, yeah, yeah, I feel you. <laughs> I love the spot where Taven hits the frog splash right out of the lethal injection. Ah, yeah. Uh, yeah, there's that moment where they're just all slamming each other one after another. That was really cool. Yeah, I mean, Lethal will, I mean, really go on to, to be probably one of the, the best Ring of Honor world champions and TV champions of all time. I mean, that belt's kind of synonymous with them over the next five to six years. But, uh, yeah, great match. Um, sorry I didn't have better notes on that. But uh, um, next match, though, Andrew Everett versus Cedric Alexander. Uh, when I saw Ooh. this I was fucking stoked. Um, you know, Andrew Everett's like obviously the new guy in town. Uh, these guys know each other uh, pretty well in the real life. Uh, they're both from North Carolina. Um, and we get Roderick Strong on the call here, which was really cool. Oh, wait. Good old audio quality from Ring of Honor production. <laughs> I did notice that. Yeah, yeah, you can't hear what he's saying. <laughs> At all. It was like, I kept listening in. I'm like, well, maybe if I listen hard enough because he's close enough, it'll pick up on the other mic. Like, it'll just pick up on the other mic. It's like, other people have used this mic like tonight. Like, what happened? (laughs) Yeah. And they they just keep going. Did I, did I text you, Will? I thought I texted you maybe something to that effect. I was like, yeah. Like, why why don't I get him a mic that works? Yeah. Or it's like they, they must be able to tell that it's not working. So like it, why doesn't anybody just like hey like share this microphone? Like like is no one watching in gorilla or in the back or whatnot, but uh which is kind of a shame because I mean the way C Carino and Kevin Kelly were acting, it seemed like Roddy had some cool things to say. So obviously they're I think they're kind of gearing up for a rivalry between Roddy and Cedric Alexander or Andrew Everett, and sign me the fuck up for that. Um, yeah, but all in all, I mean, great match. I mean, these two are great. Like, and I said it in Andrew Everett's earlier, that shooting star press he gets is, is a thing of beauty. And uh, you look at Cedric Alexander, obviously the high flyers, the guy, that motherfucker's strong. Like that one arm thing he, where he picked Andrew Everett up uh, and threw him to the fireman's carry thing, I was like, that's ridiculous. Um, but yeah, in the end, uh, Everett goes for the 450. Uh, Cedric gets a knees up and hits another lung blower for the win. And uh, we get a quote of honor. And uh, and obviously uh, the crowd wants uh, Andrew Everett back. Uh, Jim, and your thoughts on this match? I loved it. Yeah, I mean, I'd, I'd never heard of Andrew Everett before watching this match. and uh, But it, I was really impressed. Uh, I mean, the, the first couple minutes has some really, really cool back and forth stuff. Lots of, you know each guy almost getting the other guy by the counter, like out of each other's stuff. And they do it like really, really fluidly and well. And, uh, they, yeah, they just work together extremely well. It's a great match. Um, uh, <laughs> my other favorite thing about this match is that a lot, lot of different chants from the crowd during this one. My favorite one being at a point where Cedric puts Everett on the top rope and a dude starts chanting, please don't die, <laughs> which, which was, which was a lot of fun, but yeah, no, this is just, this was just, yeah, just, awesome like the whole way through it was great yeah it's, it's always good to see it you know because um recently so cedric was in a tag team 
uh, with Caprice Coleman, uh, CNC Wrestle Factory. And, uh, you know, they were just always so close to getting the belts, but uh, he's starting to branch out now uh, as a solo run. So I, I'm all for it. So I'm very, very excited about this. So, um, Will. As, as you as you pointed out uh, when we covered the AJ Styles Rug Strong Matt, um, Cedric Alexander busting out uh, the lumbar check, which is Roderick Strong's move. Yeah. Um, and this does lead to a feud over the use of a backbreaker and disrespecting the move set. You gotta love little storytelling things like that. That okay, I am I'm all about this. Now I'm I'm fucking stoked for what we got coming up here. So um yeah, great match. Uh next, um Kevin Steen versus Kyle O'Reilly. Um I don't want to make assumptions here, Nick, but I'm assuming you did recognize Kevin. <laughs> yes, yes, yeah, Kevin Owens. Yeah, <laughs> it's, it's a, and I'm pretty sure that the basketball shorts he's wearing, I own those too. Nice. Yes. Um, <laughs> we are big. That, fans. That's it. Go to eBay. Say they're ring worn Kevin Steen <laughs> basketball shorts. <laughs> no, yeah, love love old Ko. Uh, he's he's great, and um, uh, I knew that he was a staple on uh many of the indie uh promotions and whatnot but yeah ring of honor i i knew that he was a big part of that so i was stoked to see him and uh yeah he's i i like him in this he's uh he's a bit more uh snarky than i'm used to seeing him and that's a lot of fun (laughs) yeah a lot of snark he uh was um he was ring of honor champion for the balance of 2013 for the most part um which is cool to see that you know for his run at the whole time um yeah, Kevin's I can't talk enough. The guy the guy's great. Um Kevin Owens is awesome. Uh Kevin Steen is great. Um and I really love, like I said, the guy had the sign up in front. Um Real Men Love the Zoo. Um I thought that was great. But the one thing I really could in uh are you familiar with Kyle O'Reilly at all? Um I know he probably got um was out of NXT by the time you were watching, maybe probably. I I I'm not, to be completely honest with you. I didn't recognize him at all. Okay, Kyle O'Reilly, if you get a chance, um, Kyle O'Reilly, I mean, he is spectacular. Um, like Will was talking about earlier, like he's definitely one of those guys that's, that's in the ring is amazing, but he's got the charisma of a brick wall. Yeah. Um, you know, he, he, Which is funny because, like, his, his antics, like, during matches are, like, he can be really funny. Yeah. And he sells stuff really well, but it's just the actual, like, if you're, like, just talking at the camera, it's just, like, it's not it's not there not there yeah and see i was gonna say i mean i uh i thought that in general like they these two just worked off each other really well i mean this match i feel like um is probably like the best mix of all the different styles that you kind of see like on the show like it it has like you know the legit like wrestling moves the brawling stuff and then like the fun like crowd interactions like everybody is super into this match and you can it it it's infectious at least like uh, it really gets you invested in it i think yeah i mean kyle o'reilly obviously he's got that that mixed martial arts style um obviously you know and it, it really comes into play here but yeah i can't overstate yeah kyle o'reilly is amazing um but what i really took away from this match which i really liked was uh sometimes people forget that kevin steen can actually wrestle and he actually did a lot of quote unquote wrestling because he, he's mostly a brawler. Um, you know, he puts on great matches, but he went tit for tat 
with Kyle O'Reilly on some of these moves, and that's saying something because Kyle O'Reilly is really good at what he does. Um, it was, it was good to see, and like I said, yeah, the crowd interactions were great. Um, you know, not to break down the fourth wall, I and mean, Kevin Steen uh does become Kevin Owens probably within the next six months. Uh, so we're kind of on the back end of Kevin Steen's career. Um, you know, which which kind of sucks, but uh, you know, obviously he went on to, to bigger and better things, and uh, it's good to see that he kept. He was able to keep a lot of what made him so awesome um, in WWE. So, yeah, I mean, I think you can tell just by the way the crowd reacts to him. Like, it's so easy to say with hindsight and probably sounds stereotypical, but like, you could tell that he was like, he's he was a star, you know, like, like just like, you know, the way that the people just like absolutely loved him. Like, it's, uh, it's like, oh, yeah, like this dude's going to do like big shit. Yeah, and like when we started this podcast, those like very early episodes of TV, like the the gap between like Kevin Steen and everybody else was like untouchable. It's like these everybody else is good, but there's nobody else who's like really on his level as far as being like a total package for like a TV wrestler. Yeah, yeah, he was, he, I know he kind of said it here, but, like, just him being, like, more snarky than I'm used to seeing him, like, he was very, like, like, had me laughing out loud, like, funny, like, in this match, like, quite a few times. The whole thing at the beginning where he keeps grabbing the rope and telling people to cheer for the rope and shit, like, that was, that was, that had me rolling. Yeah, that's good. Yeah, that, I mean, he is, and, and Nick, you really nailed on the head. I mean, you could tell, even here, listen, yeah, this guy's going to be a fucking superstar. You know, and you always get kind of nervous when Vince McMahon gets somebody's hands. Not somebody that knew something, but um, obviously he was able to keep that in WWE. So, um, love the match. Uh, but yeah, to, to finish it up here real quick. Uh, so obviously, um, I don't know if they explain this very well, but uh, Kevin Steen's arch nemesis now, Cliff Compton, who had recently jumped uh, Kevin Steen. Cliff Compton was part of that scum faction um, last year. Kind of in and out. Um, distracts Kevin Steen. Kevin Steen gets the win, even besides the distraction. But uh, then kind of all hell breaks loose. I mean, Compton and Steen fight for a while. And I thought that was kind of a, a, a down part of the, the event. Because I thought it went a little long. Because like, they were fighting for like 10 minutes. It did go on for quite a bit. Yeah. I don't know if they were kind of short-staffed and then they were trying to, you know, stretch it out a little bit. But... Uh, did they do a good enough job of kind of explaining who Cliff Compton was and what kind of happened previously? I will say I was pretty lost on that. Like, yeah. like I got kind of like the base of like, okay, like obviously they have some kind of history and now they don't like each other. So they're going to fuck each other up or whatever, you know, like, but, but it wasn't, I didn't get any of like that, the really necessary context. I think on that, that's one of the few times that I feel like the show fell a little short for me was just like, like I said, I just, I kind of just didn't know what was going on other than like, okay, they're fighting. Like, you know, <laughs> like, yeah. Yeah. I will say they really haven't explained this beef as to why it's happening. It's kind of like, all right, well, we have Cliff Compton on the books, so we'll have him fight with Kevin Steen, but they really haven't explained like why he all of a sudden came back and just decided to like be anti Kevin Steen. I mean, Scum kind of became anti-Kevin Steen at one point towards the end of it, but, like, 
it was kind of a weird thing. It's like it's Cliff Compton. It's like okay, but why? Yeah, it's uh, it, I mean, Cliff Compton's great. I mean, he definitely was one of the the bright spots. I thought in Scum. Um, wasn't a big fan of Cliff Compton before that, but yeah, I was just definitely kind of a, a down part in what's been really awesome pay per view so far. I think it was um, but gentlemen, I'm gonna pull up Mark Henry here, and it's time for the main event. Right, the balance of so Nick, you probably also picked up where they said the balance of TV time remaining, and they announced as your television main event. Um, we also found out at the end of that TV episode that we watched that the uh, they're gonna show us that triple threat for that TV title match on the next TV episode. So you dodged a bullet on that one. Okay. Yeah. yeah. I was... <laughs> okay. So I next was, week's I episode was... of TV is going to be just matches from this. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. I, I thought that's kind of what they meant, but I couldn't, I couldn't really understand what they were trying to get across there <laughs> when they were saying it. I was like, what? Like I, I but then they, it just moved on to the last match. So I was like, okay, whatever. <laughs> Sometimes it's like they had a, um, they had a big tournament that was supposed to be like, this is going to go across all TV and it's going to help us crown a new champion. And then we get to like a pay-per-view and I'm Tom and I are texting each other. It's like, they're giving us the whole fucking tournament on this pay-per-view. <laughs> so we're going to watch like two hours of this stuff now. Then and we're going to have to cover it again as a TV episode. Like, what is this? <laughs> Jesus. This is betrayal. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, kind of, the, but, you know, it is what it is. But uh, so our main event, we've got Chris Hero, Michael Elliott uh, versus Dem Boys versus Adam Cole and Matt Hardy. Um, Nick, were you familiar with anybody in this match besides Matt Hardy? So I got to tell you, this match is like made up of a big who's who of like big indie wrestlers that I'm only tangentially aware of. Like, it's like, like I had, um, so you guys were talking about it a little bit before one of the Briscoes, Jay, right? Passed away last year. Yes. Okay. Yeah, that's sad. I, 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 I think I honestly had only heard of them when that happened. And, uh, obviously Adam Cole, I know is big in a AEW right now. Uh, Matt Hardy, obviously everybody knows. Michael Elgin is one that another one of those that I've heard the name, don't know what he looks like. And Chris Hero, I actually only just found out about probably like a month ago. Okay. Um, because uh, actually it was a, a YouTube channel that did like a mini documentary on like a return that he just had recently. Okay. Uh, but um, uh, but yeah, so I kind I actually knew who he was um at this point, but um, uh, never really watched him wrestle or anything like that. And uh. Yeah, so I, I was really stoked just seeing the names in here because I was like, these are all names that I know, but you know, have never seen before. So, uh, yeah, I was I was stoked to get into it, especially with the, this type of match too, in a, an elimination uh, three way tag match. I, I I was like, I don't see that very often, so I thought that was pretty cool. Yeah, it was um, a, you know, a little little backstory here. So uh, Adam Cole recently won the um, well that tournament that Will was talking about. He was the winner. Uh, he beat Michael Elgin in uh, in the final because basically Jay Briscoe had beat Kevin Steen for the title, and then Jay got hurt, so he had to give up the title. Um, and I think he that's got why he has the replica belt or whatever, or the yeah, yeah, yeah. okay, yeah. He made his own belt because he still claims that he's he hasn't been beat, so he, he's still the true champion. Ah, uh, okay. 
You can't argue with So that. Elgin, and the tournament only happened because Elgin was going to be given the title. It's like, well, you were the number one contender. You were going to wrestle for this belt. It's now vacated. Here's the belt. And he's like, well, I don't want to be just given the belt. I want to win. It's like, yeah, stupid. Then you came up with this tournament idea and you lost. Way to go. <laughs> the hubris. Just take the win. <laughs> I think he lost. You know, he did lose in the final, so. Um, and then he did lose in the final. It's like he got bounced in the first round, which was I really hoped it would have happened. <laughs> um, and then uh, and Matt Adam Cole has been kind of mentored here by Matt Hardy. Um, you know Adam Cole's gone through. So when we, Will and I started this, Adam Cole uh, was a good guy, and he was not good as a face. Yeah, he's definitely the like kind great of- in ring, but it was very much like a plucky, like oh shucks, guys, I'm happy to be here. Yeah, I could tell he definitely works better as like that that dude you just kind of want to hate, you know. <laughs> like it's <laughs> and uh, so Matt Hardy was part of the scum shenanigans too with Steve Carino. That's why Steve Carino is all about Adam Cole and Matt Hardy. Okay, um, yeah. <laughs> scum was always kind of courting Adam Cole, but he never gave an answer one way or the other. And he's always like, oh, "I'm not really interested," but he also got like a lot of help from Scum. It was like kind of like semi acknowledged that they were helping him out. So the the recent teaming up of the two of them together was kind of like a, "Oh shit, Matt Hardy's back and he's in cahoots with Adam Cole." And of course, Steve Carino's like, "Oh, this is wonderful. My two best friends." Nice. Okay. Yeah. That that definitely. I I kind of got most of that through the context there, but it was a little. It was a little hazy on the edges, you know. But um. But yeah, I I got, I got like I was like, okay, you know, they're 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 the the assholes, you know, that you want to boo, and then like they, you know, it's a so it, it, they did a good job like getting across like a, you know who you're supposed to kind of uh, want to win and whatnot. Yeah, and and if you couldn't tell, Steve Carino's got a humongous crush on Adam Cole. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, which he's a, he's a handsome man, so you know, I don't know. I, <laughs> I, I, you're right. I can't blame him there. He's yeah, <laughs> you know. So it, it's pretty funny. And then Chris Hero um, just came back from WWE, so he was in um, WWE for a couple of years uh, before this. But before that, uh, definitely kind of a Ring of Honor legend. Uh, if you ever get a chance to give you some more homework here, Chris Hero was actually. Um, Teamed up with uh, Claudio Castagnoli, uh, formerly known as Cesaro in WWE. Uh, yeah, yeah, okay. Yeah, they're called the Kings of Wrestling. Um, great. Day. Oh, so that was his partner in that team. Yeah, because they mentioned that team in the commentary, but I, I didn't know that it was uh, Cesaro. Um, yeah, and so if you're going to Google Michael Elgin, always be a little leery. He did get himself in some trouble recently. Um, may not be the nicest person in the world. So uh, That sucks because he was. I thought he was really good in this match. Yeah. <laughs> it's a bummer in hindsight because especially in like watching this in real time, like I was like watching this stuff back in like 2013, 2014, I really liked Michael Elgin. Yeah. And we um, I've seen a lot where it's like he has so much potential to become like Megastar. Big. And then it like the the like the pieces just started like they started like falling slowly at first and then it just hit a point where it's like it's all just coming down. Man, that sucks when that shit happens. That's always disappointing. I want to say, I want to say he initially left Ring of Honor because he went and tried out for a baseball team, but didn't like let them know ahead of time. Oh, and we they're get... like, "Buddy, what you doing?" <laughs> and he's like, oh, you know, <laughs> strange. Yeah, I, yeah, I mean, like, yeah, that sucks because I mean, like, literally, like my first note about this match was 
when this match started, my first thought was, holy shit, Michael Elgin and Jay Briscoe fucking rule. Like, like their whole exchange, like right at the beginning as the first people like in the ring was just like, I was like, damn, like these guys are awesome. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. And, and Elgin like- was really cool up, up to like what? Probably 20, 2015, 2016. Well, that uh, um, and that was kind of downhill from there. Oh, okay. Um, yeah, listen, um, and Will and I are lucky. We get to watch Jay and, and Elgin battle for the balance of this year. Um, obviously, when you do a podcast from 10 years ago, you kind of, you know, hear things. And, and with Jay's passing, obviously, they go through some of his history. So I know what happens. I'm just not sure where and when. Uh, so that's kind of cool. Uh, but, Nick, if you get one thing out of this podcast, um, just go back and just type in the Briscoe Brothers. And any match, those guys, those guys are. I mean, they're they're easily top five greatest tag teams of all time. That's not hyperbole. I mean, they're so fucking good. I mean, you could tell even just from this match. It's like, I mean, it's kind of like what I was talking about with um, uh, the decade on the first match, the opening match of this one. But like, uh, you know, they just have like really good chemistry, some cool combo moves. But it's like with the the Briscoes, it's like that, but on another level like it is like very like intuitive and i mean they're they're like actually brothers and shit right right yeah they're actually, yeah. They're yeah. actually and they're, irish twins they're also uh they're also day one like mark jay briscoe wrestled on the first show in 2002 uh, mark briscoe was under 18 so he could not wrestle on the first show until he turned 18 yeah <laughs> yep that's cool yeah no i mean you could tell that this shit is just like you know, another kind of hyperbolic stereotypical thing to say, but like, uh, you know, it's, it's like in their blood, you know, like they, they know what they're doing and, and you could, I don't know when you see people like that, it's just, it's refreshing in any medium. Cause it's like, you could just tell they're so fucking like passionate about it. And like, yeah, just they've, they've it, done you know? it before. Like they, they had a wrestling ring, like at their house, their dad would drive them like around to like go to different like wrestling shows to perform and whatever. I mean, towards the end of, what I call the good, the, the ring of honor that Tom and I like to acknowledge, which is before Tony Khan bought it and became like AEW light. Um, yeah. There was actually like a match where like Mark and Jay were trying to hash it out. And it was like a match on the family farm. That's so, right. Like, at one point somebody gets thrown in the back of a truck and they drive to a different part of the farm. So like it's because they had to drive to the part where the wrestling ring is. <laughs> yeah, that, that's where it, that's where it started, and, uh, and their family is very very involved. I mean, any show in the Philly Delaware area, there's like thirty thousand fucking Briscoe. I mean, I got mugged by the Misco Briscoe clan at a Ring of Honor show one time. Um, he he didn't was- actually get mugged, but they all flooded to to like because Tom was sitting front row, and they they all swarmed the the front row area. Oh jeez, the whole clan. <laughs> And there's a bunch of them, you know, and unfortunately, you know, Jay did say some pretty shitty things um, on social media, uh, actually around this time, but he definitely repented for that. Um, he's made up for it, uh, but all accounts, a great human. Um, that, that really sucked. I mean, it was, you know, for, he was one of my favorites uh, all time. And like, when that happened, I mean, you know, Will and I got pretty emotional. We did a, a special episode on that, but yeah, if you just type in Briscoe and anything, you, anything you see, um, yeah, I, I can't recommend it enough, Nick. So. And there's there and there's a lot out there too. So I mean, yeah. there's 
and they never left. Yeah, they 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 never left. Um, you know, obviously they would wrestle for other promotions. You know, they would do Japan. They did a little bit in TNA, but they were Ring of Honor through and through. Yeah, Jay wrestled literally in the first match. That's awesome. Yeah, yeah you can definitely tell that they're like the real fucking deal. And uh, and and one of my biggest takeaways from this match, honestly, I was surprised. I mean, right, spoilers, we haven't got through the the match quite yet, but I was surprised that they were the first eliminated, even though they all I, went for like you I, know twenty five really minutes or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> I because like on the one hand they kind of had to be, but at the same time it's like wow, kind of yeah. still can't. But it feels weird for them to be the kind of the less important team in this match. Yeah, it definitely does. Especially since you have like that natural story that even like you know me as a first time watcher picked up on between, you know. Jay having his own title and then Adam Cole, like, cause yeah, Adam Cole, even on his way to the ring is saying like, Oh, you know, some shit about like, Oh, why don't you take your fake title or whatever? You know, like he's like, that story is baked into it. Yeah. Um, I mean, I, I think they had to eat the first pin just cause I mean, the way they're going, I was a little surprised at the result, which I will get, I figured it would be the other member of that other team. Uh, but we'll get into that. But, uh, yeah, just just check out the Briscoes. Um, and like I said, they are you know like Will was saying earlier, like with Kevin Steen, they are the complete package. They can go. Uh, they're charismatic in ring, out ring. Their, their promos are great. Um, and we say they every- they could have been in WWE. They were courted by WWE, but they wanted them to clean up the image and the presentation a lot. And they're like, no, this is us. like this is us. This is what we bring to the table and this is what everybody loves. Like we can't not be this. Yeah. And uh, we say it every week. Mark Briscoe is a national fucking treasure. Guy is just charismatically funny. I still need to get the Mark Briscoe. All I want for Christmas is my front teeth sweater. (laughs) That's good. I I loved him in this match too. I I talk about Jay just because, you know, he was kind of the, first one out with elgin and jay's jay's the standout like single star of the tag team like like we said mark has some good ones like mark never really had any like singles titles to his name whereas jay briscoe was like the the heavyweight champion guy yeah Yeah. they're 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 both phenomenal though i really enjoyed both of them in this match like i mean like really like like the immersion of like, you know, when you, when you're thinking in like that kind of kayfabe aspect of like, you know, Oh, like this, this looks really good. And that always like impresses when it looks like real and whatnot. It's like with them, like everything looks really legit and real, like comparative to even all these other guys and all these other guys are pretty like in, in top form as well, you know, but it's just, it was just different when one of them was in the ring. Like it just, it, it, it felt more raw, I guess. Yeah. Yeah, and it, I mean, I'm a great match. You've you've got six spectacular athletes. Um, say what you will about Matt Hardy, I am not necessarily a fan, but he's got a great mind for the business. So I mean, you know, it was a great watching those two play the chicken shit heel in this match. Um, you know, yeah, I, I, well, especially after they announced the stipulation, right? That if somebody pins or submits Adam Cole, they get a they get a title shot. Yeah. Yeah, that added that added a lot of tension, especially at the end. Like I, that's why it it added to that finish a lot too. I really liked the finish, but um, uh, yeah, I feel like everybody like had really great moments, and they all seemed very even, like very equal. 
Uh, Hardy was the only one I didn't really feel that with, but he's also like the legacy guy. And I feel like he does play that part really well, yeah. like in this match, you know, like kind of being like the, the chicken shit kind of mentor guy to Adam Cole. And like, it's a, you know, I feel like he played the part well, but like the rest of the guys kind of were wrestling circles around him a bit. <laughs> but, you know, and, uh, and listen, and like we talked about earlier with Jimmy Jacobs and BJ Whitmer for, I mean, cause obviously Elgin and hero are kind of a thrown together team. They actually had really good tag team moves. Yeah, they did a bunch of combo stuff together. I was surprised because they, they even said it on the commentary. They're like, they were a makeshift tag team. This is the first time they've ever done this, like blah, blah, blah. And like, but yeah, they're they're out busting up moves and helping each other. And it, it was cool. Yeah, like we're that one spot where because uh, Chris Hero's got the, the the spinning rolling elbow and, you know, Elgin's got the spinning back fist. I think they hit it on maybe Adam Cole, uh, like a combo on that. So, um. Yeah, a lot, a lot of fun. Um, but yeah, obviously, you know the the first pin, uh, Cole and Hardy kind of pull a little bit of trickery. Uh, they get the pin on Mark. You know, he, if anyone's to get that first pin, he knew it was going to be kind of Mark. Unfortunately, um, the, the definitely kind of telegraphed. But uh, then after after uh, they're eliminated, Jay goes after Cole. I thought that was awesome. Um, oh yeah, yeah, he beat him up on the outside of the ring for a bit. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, and you know, Jay's not going quietly. But uh, yeah. In the end, I, you know, this kind of shocked me. I didn't think they were gonna go this well. But Chris Hero knocks out Adam Cole, and uh, looks like Chris Hero put a title shot. That's right, Metropolis' own Chris Hero. That were <laughs> where I thought that they were going with this. Uh, but yeah, he gets the title shot, and then uh, you know, Chris Hero and uh, you know, Adam Cole playing. I'm not sure how much he's playing because Chris Hero, I mean, motherfucker hits hard. Um, you know, Adam Cole kind of playing, oh, I got knocked out role. I'm sure that not a lot of that was playing. But, uh, you know, Hero and Elgin, you know, shake hands at the end. And in a different universe, it would be cool to see Elgin and Hero as a team. I don't think we'll ever get that, but um, we shall see. So, um, fun main event. You know, like I said, it was obviously the, the Briscoes eat the pin, but I mean, that was a good, what, 25 minutes into it, though? Yeah, it was pretty It was pretty late, like, in it. I mean, like, I didn't see... I It was to the point where I was like, okay, I, I don't know where they're going yet. You know, like, and uh, and then once they took the pin, it was only, like, maybe, like, four or five minutes after when uh, when Hero pinned uh, Adam Cole. Yeah. Um, really fun. So, so some unique storyline going here. So, we'll see how long Adam Cole can uh, hold on to that title. But, uh... Will, you got any final thoughts on this match? It's really intriguing that Elgin, they, they keep putting him in that spot where he's not quite getting the yeah. belt. Like, he, his previous title opportunities have been in, like, triple threat matches, or now it's like he really wants to get the pin, but Chris Hero got the pin. It pretty much has to be like, all right, well, if you win, I want dibs, basically. Yeah. It's just so weird because the the over 100 wrestlers who have done this, like, he's been kind of positioned to be the guy. The, the guy, but they haven't pulled the trigger on him yet. So we'll, we'll, we'll have to see how 2014 rolls out for him. Yeah. Said, I want to say the shit starts hitting the fan like 2016, maybe, is when he leaves Ring of Honor. 
Okay. Goes to impact for a bit. Yeah, because I mean, 2012, he had the probably was in the two best matches of the year. Obviously, that match he had with Davey Richards, and then that main event he had with with Steen, which we thought was the second best match of the year. Um, I, I thought that was a better match than the the Davey Richards one, but well, yeah, I thought so too. But I just thought, I mean, generically, I, Steen was the best match of 2012. Yeah, because he he won the top prospect tournament, right? And then he won Survival of the Fittest. Yeah. So. So it's like they they've given him like all the like he's done pretty much everything except for win that title. It's like so curious that they haven't they didn't move on that. Yeah. We shall see. But uh Nick, overall, what'd you think of the pay per view? I thought it was great. It was a really good showing. Um I, I feel like um comparative to the T V episode, which you know, I mean is obviously half the time, but um uh I I never found myself like burning out on like match length or anything like that on this. Um, I, uh, you know, there were so many like wrestlers that I just hadn't really had exposure to. And now that I kind of had, I'm like, I'm like, Oh, like I see why, like there's such a stacked roster for this time for this promotion. Like, I mean, it's a, there's just a lot of really good stuff. And, um, I mean, yeah, I mean like even the, uh, the, you know, story element and whatnot was coming together for me um especially by the end of the pay-per-view for a lot of these like you know the feuds and whatnot and getting a feel for like a lot of these people's personalities and things and um it was overall just a yeah very positive experience i think nice yeah we uh like i said will uh shout out to you uh you picked a great week um not all like this but they are trending more like this we uh we definitely lucked out this very easily could have been there, there's been some stinkers, not just the TV episodes. Some of <laughs> some of these, uh, some because there's a uh, you'll have your pay per view events, and then sometimes you just have like a live event that they had, and it's like, oof, yeah, it's three hours of oof. Oh geez. <laughs> so, I'm really glad because. We didn't. We don't usually look ahead. It's usually just like, oh, we come, we want to bring somebody on. Let's try to bring somebody on. And like you know, if, like you know, if you said that you weren't down to the pay-per-view, it's like, oh, okay, we'll we'll, do, we'll bring you on when we're just going to cover an episode of TV or something. Uh, you know what I mean? So it's like, it, I'm really glad that this turned out where it was a solid episode of TV that wasn't just a rehash of the pay-per-view. That's going to be next week. So, whew, close one, <laughs> and. uh the this pay per view like it did go by quick. Yeah, I mean, yeah, besides the Cliff Compton Steen stuff, it was it, it when it when they announced that it was the main event time. I'm like, we're at the main event already. Wow, let's go. Yeah, yeah. The paper it was only two uh, two twenty, so it wasn't horrible. You know, horribly long. So yeah, it wasn't that's probably bad at all. Because some of them are like three and a half, and it's like, oh, it's a lot. Yeah. Um. Yeah, it was awesome. I said we this is this is a lot of fun. This is definitely one of those moments where we're glad you do this podcast and everything. So, and uh, you know, Nick, and obviously, uh, thanks to you for coming out. Um, I mean, I appreciate you. I mean, you literally watched just three hours of stuff uh, for the podcast. <laughs> that's that's awesome. I mean, it doesn't mean a lot. I mean, all bullshit aside, it was a it was a pleasure, man. I, I had a good time uh, talking to you guys about it, and uh, yeah, just thanks for the opportunity to check out something that I hadn't checked out yet. Yeah. I mean, yeah, it was perfect. And this, and this, this could not if have... you enjoyed, uh, if, 
Go ahead, Tom. Oh, no, go ahead. Yeah, go ahead. I was going to say, if our listeners have enjoyed uh, listening to Nick here, chatting it up with us, uh, make sure you let us know when either us or probably more likely SJ makes a post about this episode being up. Uh, you know, maybe maybe we convince Nick to come back. Maybe he hasn't had a terrible time. Uh, but you can catch Nick on his own shows. Uh, None of my friends like comics at No Comic Friends, and the music podcast at Now Listen to This. Yeah, yeah, I know, and, and I would definitely love to uh, come back on sometime, guys. This was a blast for real. I said it, it, it broke my heart a little bit that you guys had horrendous and black braid so low <laughs> on your list and they were at the top of mine. But it was all really good stuff. Like I even like there's a lot of stuff that I didn't know. Um, but like I really liked everything that you guys were, were talking about. Like they were like this is this was a great listen. It, you know, shame on me for, for putting off listening to uh to the, the music pod for so long. Oh, <laughs> well, thanks, man. No, yeah, I appreciate it. I, we, yeah, me and Max like to do those, uh, like kind of year roundup top five type things. And, uh, you know, especially after, you know, taking in a whole year, it's a, it's interesting to see how the picks line up and whatnot. And, uh, yeah, that's, that's cool. I hope you, hope you found something that you hadn't heard before. Lots of stuff I hadn't heard before. Oh, rad. That's impressive. And, uh, None of my friends, we'll, you know, we'll put it out there. None of my friends like comics does have a Patreon. So if you, if <laughs> yeah, you we wanna, do. <laughs> if you enjoyed this so much that you want to send Nick some money, you can <laughs> do that too. It helps me buy the, uh, I use it to buy the uh, digital copies of the books for the guests. <laughs> so, so it helps. <laughs> oh, you actually buy copies for the guests? Yeah, well, I I try to um uh I usually buy it on like a like you know a Kindle or or you know some digital platform so that like my guests don't have to buy the book themselves or or come over and borrow my physical one if like you know it's just a pain to because then if we only have one copy it's like you know how am I going to take notes or whatever so it's uh it's it, it that's what the that's what the Patreon money goes towards. Nice. <laughs> yeah. Um. Do you guys have any merch? Uh, I got stickers. Love stickers. I'll send you guys some stickers. Won't even charge you. We'll do a sticker swap. Hell yeah. Um, I still owe Freed stickers from like six months ago. Sorry, Freed. Um, get those to you eventually. So I got I to gotta revamp the stickers and everything. But um, yeah, and so are you guys. Um, I know obviously you guys are, um, because I am subscribed on Apple Podcasts here. Um, well, my, pod, my iPod's dead. Um, and Spotify. But are you guys on all podcast platforms then? Yeah, we're on all the all the big stuff. Yeah, you know, yeah, Apple, Spotify, you know, all it, it pretty much wherever. Okay. Yeah, because I really enjoyed episode fifty-seven. I'm gonna check out fifty-eight. I will dig into the back catalog uh, here for sure. But yeah, it's uh. You're, yeah, we're in the middle of a uh, fantastic twenty twenty-four right now. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, actually, tell you just plug everyone kind of what's going on uh, recently with your podcast, then real quick, if you don't mind. Yeah, of course. Uh, so none of my friends like comics. Um, uh, I guess I haven't even said, but it's basically a show where I'm uh, much like how these guys were just asking me if I enjoyed uh, the pay-per-view and TV and whatnot. Um, uh, I make a friend or family member of mine uh, read a comic book that I, you know, would like to talk about. And we recap, you know, kind of the history of it that led up to it. Um, as much information as I could find. We do the story breakdown, which is usually the bulk of the show uh, where we actually 
physically, you know, go through the story together and kind of just converse on how we felt on each moment or what we felt was relevant to talk about. Um, and then that we kind of have like a little overall discussion at the end where we're, uh, we talk about, you know, how it made us feel, what elements we liked, what elements we didn't like. And then uh, I asked them if uh, they would pull it or drop it, which is a, you know, comic term for, you know, good or bad thumbs up, thumbs down, that type of thing. Yeah. And, uh, and yeah, it's, it's, it's a lot of fun. It's very, um, it's been very insightful in my life. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so, you know, just kind of getting to that level of like talking about like a piece of work with like a friend or a family member, like I said, and I've uh, had an opportunity to meet a lot of cool people like you guys as well too, uh, just through doing it. So, I mean, uh, it's, it's a good time. And, um, you know, I, I like to tell people, I, you know, I like to tell people that even if you don't like comic books, uh, you know, give it a shot. Cause you know, uh, I have people on there that don't as well. So <laughs> we'll yeah, <see. laughs> yeah I, I'm very, 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 very novice. So Will's kind of, obscured me or you know along so but yeah i really enjoyed it, it was you know these guys have a good time and you know it's you learn a lot and like i said when you do deep dives and stuff like that you really get an appreciation you know for shit like so will and i just did a, a review of the movie the mist and uh you know you really kind of get a, a deeper appreciation when you deep dive and it's like oh wow so yeah when you have to look into something like in depth it's like it's i don't know it's it's nice and then like you know when you do that especially with like somebody else like it's yeah. It's a, it, there's a fulfilling thing where it's like, and you feel like, you know, you kind of understand each other a bit better afterwards. And, uh, it's a, yeah, it's just a good time. Nice. Awesome. Well, we will put the links in there, but, uh, before we pull this train here into the proverbial station, as the kids like to say, uh, is there anything else you'd like to share with all the high fivers tonight? Nothing. I just had a, a great time. Thank you so much guys for having me. Uh, and, uh, this was a blast, man. Yeah. We got to do it again for sure. And, uh, like thank, I said, uh, thank you for uh, for for generously sharing three hours of your evening with us. <laughs> hey, man, no, for real, it was a blast, man. And uh, and like I said, I got to get you guys on the uh, comic book show sometime. I was <laughs> I was thinking about it actually while we were talking, but um, I know that do a power bomb is kind of like the obvious one, and I and I do want to cover that on the show for sure. I mean, I think obviously you guys would be the the ones to do it. Uh, but I was also thinking about, I was like, what else could we do? And, uh, I remembered that, uh, CM Punk wrote a, uh, Drax, the destroyer comic for Marvel about, uh, eight or nine years ago that I've never read. Uh, so that Ooh, would be interesting. Did. <laughs> so that would be interesting. <laughs> Pretty sure Jax joins the UFC or some shit in that book. So I don't know. We'll see. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> of course he does. So. I, I, um, well, Nick, this is awesome. Thank you. Thank you so much. Um, Will, you got anything you want to put over here real quick before we uh we pull the plug? Uh, just the usual stuff. Just in addition to again thanking Nick for so graciously, uh, you know, spending his evening with us and um, being down to just hang out, talk a bunch of bullshit, watch watch and talk some wrestling. Um, check out Nick's shows. Check out. The other shows on Visionaries Global Media and the Shining Wizards Network. Um, and thank you to the to our spouses who let us, you know, spend our evenings talking to each other instead of them. Yeah. So, so and both of our spouses spouses still like each other, so it's a big sacrifice. So, um, but yeah, thank you. Like I, I will, I want to. I will. Throw it out there real quick too. Um, we talked about do a power bomb um, because Tom got do a power bomb. Tom's wife actually read do a power bomb too, and she liked it too. <laughs> okay. Yeah, that's rad. Yeah, she just sat in one sitting. So yeah, 
Yeah, it was it was really cool. I really enjoyed it. And like I said, I did not I did not see the twist coming, but if you want to know what twist we're talking about, you gotta tune in. Uh none of my friends like comics in the near future. So but gentlemen, thank you so much. Uh we'll talk to all the high fibers next week. This has been a Visionaries Global Media Production. Visionaries Global Media. Envisioning excellence on a global scale.